tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. stuck on the cold hard truth hi good morning good morning good morning good morning good morning good morning morning. we're just waiting for uh prince to to finish up all right no worries i know mute mute it for me though because facebook gets a little bit upset (laughs) what happens facebook gets upset Oh, do they? Oh, are they going to block you? <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. That's but I think it's a certain amount of seconds. Like if yeah, I, three if, seconds. No, I think it's 20. I know. 20 seconds? I think it's 20 seconds. So here's 10 seconds of Prince. <laughs> yeah, there Seven you go. if you want me to. <laughs> I know. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, but hey. Yeah, well. Have you played music before and they've they've slapped your hand? Um, What they tend to normally do is... um they will not allow me to embed it anywhere else, which means that I can't like embed it in the website and people then have to go directly to Facebook to listen to it, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Here's something you do though. And I found a little workaround is I use Vimeo a lot. Yeah. And so whenever I do like a station video or something like that, I can throw one of the songs uh, into the video and Vimeo has no problem. with it. Yeah. And And then you can post the link on Facebook. To, to Vimeo. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. We're always thinking of alternative options to some of these social media platforms because unfortunately yeah. they come with a whole lot of restrictions. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go live on Kiss FM. Standby. All right. 
any guys that were live already in CMR. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning, everyone. How are you? How was the weekend? It was very good, actually. Um, well, for most of us. Mm-hmm. Bad news sprinkled in, of course. But uh, yeah, my weekend was uneventful for me. Did you feel the earthquake on Saturday? No. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. I don't tend to ever feel them, to be honest. But you did feel the thing. one big one, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Making sure you felt yeah. that one, though. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, it normally has to be pretty major for me to go, ooh, what was that? Yeah. Um, Isn't that wild that that was the craziest thing that happened? Over the weekend? <laughs> no, no, the, the earthquake, the big earthquake. And then everything else fell, went downhill with 20, with uh, yeah. 20. Hey, man, that, was, that, was, that earthquake was scary. That was scary. Because I was in my office and I was like, mm. I thought the building was going to fall down. I had to run upstairs because I had a sleeping baby. And I was like, do I wake him up? Do I not? Do I wake yes. him up? And then I had to stand in the doorway with him. Miles was in his crib as well at the yeah. time. Yeah, because yeah. it was been nap time. Yeah, and the nanny ran upstairs and the chandeliers are all shaking back and forth. Yeah. Crazy. No, I'm like, do I run outside? Do I run? What do I do? Yeah. I just had to stand there because I'm like, I'm not going to try to run down the stairs where I could see my house moving back and forth. Right. Kind of crazy. I'll just stay up here and hope for the best. Uh, I just I just got this news alert. Um, it is really sad. Former Secretary of State Colin Powell died. Are you serious? From, from, from uh, complications from COVID. Colin Powell did. Colin Powell. <gasps> I know. And you know that he was probably vaccinated too. He was too. fully vaccinated. Oh, oh man, God. that's really sad. Yeah, he was 84, fully vaccinated. Um, oh. He received treatment at Walter Reed. And that's sad. Um, How old was he? He passed away this morning due to complications from COVID 19. Oh man, 84. 84. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had uh, had underlying health issues. That's really sad. But that's really sad to hear because yeah. he he definitely he definitely stopped a lot of stuff that could have yes could have happened. He was a good. He was one of the good guys. He was a good. Yeah. How, how old was he? Any idea? 80, 84. 84. He, oh, wow. Yeah. And he had a long career in, in the uh, in the military yeah. as well. And then he was uh, Secretary he, of State. Yeah. He was a general. Yeah. Yeah. He was high yeah. up. Yeah. He was so. a good choice for Secretary of State. Yeah. Super mm-hmm. sad. And 84 nowadays is, you know, it's not that old. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, Sandy, anything crazy happen over the weekend? News-wise? Yes. Um, we had quite a few things that happened over the weekends. So unfortunately, there was a road fatality. Um, yes. Is this, is this the South Church Street yeah. crash? Yes. And so what was going on? How Head-on yeah. collision? Someone trying to overtake? Uh, it I mean, looks how- like um, I was on the scene yesterday, and I spoke to a couple uh, people who were on the scene first, and they kind of you know saw it immediately after it happened. It looked like one vehicle was actually coming out of um, a side road. So they were pulling and out into oncoming traffic. The other one was coming full speed ahead, apparently doing quite oh, yeah. quite a speed. That's mm. how they drive and, on those roads. Because um, the speed yeah. limit's twenty five. I used to live on on South Sound, and I'm telling you, at Caribbean Paradise, and you could hear the cars how fast they were going. That's it was why just I was wild. I, I immediately thought, how is there a fatality crash? On South Church Street, when because the speed limit is 25 miles an hour. People don't drive. And remember, this isn't the first one. Right in that oh. same vicinity was that nurse a couple months back. Yep. It's because so, people do um, not drive. Some carefully. of the neighbors in the area are saying, listen, uh, it's ridiculous the speed that it, these people do. And they're blaming the police because they say that there's no police speed traps in that I've area never seen at one. all. I've no, never seen one at you South know Church what? Street. I actually, I actually 
freaked out on someone who tried to flash lights to warn that there was a police up. And I started flashing my lights. I'm like, stop warning people. This is yeah. the problem. Is like you. Uh, it really irritated me because that's the only deterrent is going to be if people get start getting tickets and start getting caught. Well, it's actually illegal to to warn somebody. And what they should do is set up is another cop. Yeah. Here it's illegal to warn someone? Uh, it, it is in the States. I don't know if it is here. Okay. But it should be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there should be should, a lot of stuff. That they should set up another think. cop down the road, and when somebody flashes their lights, yeah. they should get pulled over and get in a, given a ticket. Totally. For warning. Yeah. Oh, it, you know it's what? illegal. I mean, I mean I've, I've never heard that it is here, so. I had someone when I was driving. Sure. When I was driving in today on, uh, let's see, or what, like going through the King's Gym, so it was like cr across from like Pro Plus area, but I was on the other side of the road, obviously. And a car just decided they were going to stop to pick up someone, but they stopped in the, in the not even pulled off the side of the road, just stopped on the bypass. I'm like, what, where, mm -hmm. how do you people like even think this is okay? Yeah. yeah. How do you even get a driver's license? Dangerous. Yeah. You stop in the middle of the road and park. People do it all Pull, the time. I pulled though. out uh, uh, from where I live um, is it Saturday night. I think maybe it was Saturday night. Uh, it was dark out. And uh, literally a car went by me with no lights on. Oh, always. <laughs> yeah. At night. Well, like, I couldn't even see this car Cars coming. don't come with lights, it's, it's, indicators, so all I, that stuff anymore. I, I flashed them, and because I flashed oh, them. Oh, that's a gang thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. Uh, and I thought they would turn their lights on, thinking, like, why is they flash? Oh, my light. They pulled over, rolled their window down, and I just said, hey, it's nighttime. You're, you're nearly pulled out in front of you. You're, you don't have your lights on. They're like, okay, thank you. You know, it's just like, like and then they turn the lights on. But so, so maybe I saved a life. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's devastating when news like this happens with, with deaths on the road that could be completely, completely avoidable if people would just drive. They, uh, as normally. we, as we always say, it's, it's a endless revenue stream for the government to get out there and issue tickets Privatize and they should just, it. they should set up cops everywhere. Yep. And yeah. and make the, you know, really do a good effort. Well, I think if they're too to busy, make driving, it. driving safer for everyone. It's yeah. kind of crazy out yeah. there. Um, yeah, for sure. And they can and, they and there's also, a loss of life. It's kind of sad. Yeah. And they can also use technology to help issue tickets as well. Because yeah. then they'll complain that they don't have the manpower to do that. But you know, those um speed, we'll set up a, put a camera on those yeah. uh those speed things. Or exactly. Yep. Whatever Start automatically issuing tickets. So there was that. Um, the uh, other news over the weekend on Friday, going into the weekend, um, the crosstalk, there was an announcement on crosstalk that there will no longer be a crosstalk. It came in crosstalk, so it was the end of the road. Mm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Yeah, it was surprising um, to read that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Again, I mean, it, it, it was, it was, and it wasn't. Yes, you know? we, we expected it. Those of us who pay attention yeah. to like five people watching the show. Mm -hmm. um, have seen it coming for the past 10 months, actually. I've seen it coming. Yeah. But um, we're going to talk about, you know, how the announcement was made and a few other details this morning on the show. We'll play the, the video clip from their show um, in terms of how it was announced. They do things very strange over at Compass Media, i got to admit. Well, it, um, it wasn't a very good show since Woody left. Right? Yeah, and I think most people would agree with that. And, uh, yeah, and, and it, it actually and it took a lot of people to run that show. Yeah. Um, because they did all the video, they had somebody run the board, you know, that kind of right. thing. Um, I think, to, I think towards the end, they started to, um, probably try to teach, um, the host how to kind of do their own like aspects of the board. But I think there was still stuff in the background that they were not able to do. Yeah. But look, the board so. is not that complicated. <laughs> like that's the smallest part of, Yeah, I would say it's for, more the research to be able to talk consistently like we get we get breaks 
mm-hmm. with the music. That's mm-hmm. just a talk show. And like you do one of those, Sandy. So, you know, it's you have yeah. to do a lot of time to, and it has to be interesting. We don't play that much music. Actually. Well, we, we we do talk a lot. <laughs> if it's by, if yeah. we're by ourselves, we're supposed so. to play more music, but we don't. If we're by ourselves, well, now they're going to be competing with you guys. Drive time, Great. <laughs> drive time, talk. I thought, I thought yeah. they were. So um, what, are they, what are they doing then? Are they just playing drive music? Time, drive time, country music, and I guess eventually they'll have some host on. Talking Great. We'll look forward to that because you know, hopefully, at some point, we'll be launching our own country station. I K-Country. heard. How exciting is that? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. As soon as the borders open, we'll get our engineers down here on island. Well, what are we going to hear this week? Uh, yeah. So, Let her rip. when is the uh, when is the press conference, and what date they do you think we're going to set a date yet? So I'm I'm going to guess probably Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Before they schedule a press conference. Um, and, and if you were a betting person, you're in Las Vegas. You're going to put some money down on a date. Hmm. What would uh, Sandy Hill say? I would say the end of November. Like really? I will seven twenty eighth. I will too. Hmm. I bet next I, month. I'm going to say first of the year. Okay. Yeah, that that's kind of where I was originally going to go, but um, I would I would put in two bets: the end of November, and then mid January. But two bets. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't think they have the lateral flow. I know the the yeah. the um the rollout went well according to the press release. The lateral flow test. They got they, they let not, some people out of quarantine because uh, some of the school people because they were able to do the the quick ones. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. but they're not. I don't think they're in place yet. And mid November is not that far away, so I don't know if that's enough time. And in addition to that, we're going to be. Um, I'm hoping that we can get to this guest this morning, but we're going to be talking about travel time, travel mm-hmm. canine, whatever they're calling themselves. They are honestly, they need to really get it together. I know I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, because they really make some epic mistakes. There was one this weekend with this poor mother who was calling me like at eight o'clock in the morning in absolute tears about what was going on um, with her daughter. And um, I was just flabbergasted at what I discovered was actually happening. It's just... They need to get it together in the worst kind of way. So we're going to see. Um, we're going to see if she can join us this morning. Uh, basically, they're just making a lot of errors, and her daughter was stuck in Jamaica as a result of it. Mm. Um, they refused to put her put the child on a flight, and then called her literally five minutes before. After calling her an hour before that to say, "Oh, make sure you're at the airport on time," they call her five minutes before the flight was about to land to say, "Oh, by the way, your daughter's not on the flight." Mm. It, it's it's and it, and it, didn't get, it didn't get any better from there um how, how old is this daughter she's eight years old oh wow, my gosh terrible and traveling as an unaccompanied minor from Jamaica. i didn't think you could do that like, anymore what? wow I didn't therein, think you- li- therein lies um some of the confusion apparently about what transpired and we're going to try to break it down i don't I know like i said we'll get to that today but um yeah, it's it's a hot mess. Like, you know, if you have policies in place, people need to understand what those policy, policies are early on. And um, there shouldn't be any confusion. Like, the airline should know what the policies are. Travel came out should know what the policy. Like, everyone should literally be on the same page, and that's not what's happening. Well, that's funny. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, you can imagine trying to send a child traveling um, from elsewhere in Jamaica, all the way from Antigua Bay, actually into Kingston and then having to deal with, with that. It's just, it was shocking. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. 
100%. I mean, I, I would be. I mean, this poor mother was so distraught. At the end of the night, she's like, I, I can't even cry anymore. Like, I don't have any more tears left. I was like, I understand that. But had, if it was my eight-year-old child, and you know, you know certain things about the jurisdiction that the poor child is coming from, there are inherent dangers for an eight-year-old getting in a taxi cab for traveling, sure. you know, all over the place um, in any country, really. But, you know, children are, are at particular risk um, in Jamaica, especially young girls. And so I would have heads would have rolled like in the worst kind of way. But anyway, we'll see. If yeah. She's available. I mean, I'm sure she's exhausted this morning. I have so, so many we'll questions she's to available ask. To, to join the show or not. But yeah, we got quite a few things that we'll be talking about. Um, I was in court on Friday. So I'm going to talk about just a little bit about that case. Um, for you or for another? No, case? no, 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 no. For um, something else. Oh, for me, we will talk about the Dr. Frank fiasco um, as well. So. Lots to get to on a Monday. Yeah, I know. Monday yeah. rewind. We're at. We're on it. <laughs> all right. Catch uh, see you tomorrow right Thanks, now. Facebook, you YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Have a good one. All right. You see too. ya. Bye. So yes, folks, we've got a lot to talk about this morning. Um, Lizette, good morning. Diamond Princess, how are you? Olivia, how was your weekend? We got Miss Janet that's here. Odette is joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Gina is here. Felicia, Wanda. Hey, Wanda, I haven't seen you in a minute. Um, yeah, that's tragic. I didn't know that actually until Blake just mentioned it. Colin Powell, 84 years old, um, has passed away. Let me see what the news is saying about that. Um, we'll have a quick moment. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I really liked him a lot. Um, let me see here. Da, 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 da. Colin Powell has died of COVID-19 um, <clears throat> at the age of 84. Former Joint Chiefs of Staff, Secretary of State, and National Security Advisor. He died this morning, apparently. Um, four decades of public life, served as the nation's top soldier, diplomat, and national security advisor, and whose speech to the United Nations in 2003 helped pave the way for the UN, United States, sorry, to go to war in Iraq, died on Monday. He was 84 years old. Uh, complications from COVID-19, his family said in a statement, fully vaccinated and was treated at the Watler Reed National Military Medical Center. Um, so very, very sad. He was born in Harlem of Jamaican parents. And I think a lot of Jamaicans are very, very proud of that. Uh, Mr. Powell grew up in the South Bronx and graduated from the City College of New York, uh, joined the Army through the ROTC program. So from a young second lieutenant commissioned in the dawn of the newly desegregated Army, he goes way back, wow, a desegregated Army, what a mess. Mr. Powell served two decorated combat tours in Vietnam, and he was national advisor to President Ronald Reagan um, at the end of the Cold War, helping negotiate arms treaties and an era of cooperation between the Soviet president at the time, Mikhail Gorbachev. You guys remember that? Well, it depends on your age, I suppose. Um, so he's done a lot. So he retired from the military in 1993, and uh, he was at the time one of the most popular public figures in America. Um, yeah. He said of himself back in 2007, in a New York Times interview, he says, Powell, speaking in the third person, of course, is a problem solver. He was taught as a soldier to solve problems. So he has views, but he's not an ideologue. He has passion, but he's not fanatic. A lot of people could learn about that in this day and age. He is first and foremost a problem solver. I like that. Um, so yes, he you know was an advisor to many. 
Um, he became America's most political general since Dwight Eisenhower. He wrote a best-selling memoir called My American Journey and thought about running for president before deciding in 1995 that campaigning for office wasn't for him. So in 2001, he returned to public service as Secretary of State to President George Washington. And um, yeah, there you go. Very sad. So may he rest in peace. And you know, these breakthrough cases um, are not unheard of. And um, unfortunately, they do happen, but I can tell you the uh, instance of them happening versus not happening um, is still slim. I mean, if you were if you were a betting person, like Blake said this morning, if you were going to go to Las Vegas and put your money on COVID uh, on the vaccine, you know, you would definitely want to to get vaccinated. So uh, we're not going to talk much about COVID nineteen today. I know a lot of you will be happy to hear that because we have so much other stuff to talk about. So let's get to it. 250 people online. Marshall, good morning. Good morning, Miss Joy. Joining us from Texas. Carol is here. She says that road is so narrow. Yes. And that's one of the reasons I'm sure you guys will agree with me or not. You can tell me. Siobhan and Aliana, tell me what you guys think. Um, that's one of the reasons why a speeding and, you know, one of the residents in the area was saying this that speeding even 10 miles over the speed limit in that area is extremely dangerous. Like that can cost somebody's life. You know, maybe 10 miles on the main stretch of Shedden Road or Shamrock Road, I should say, um, where you've got a couple lanes to work with may not be as bad, but speeding kills folks, not paying attention on the roadway kills. And so we're gonna talk about the accident. I'm gonna go over what we know and of course, there really is a lot um, that we don't know. Yeah. Uh, Carolia says that they want to open up, but they forget about the problem of rent. Uh, their families with children who cannot find rent because no one wants children. If it was difficult before, now it's an even bigger problem since tenants are preferring to leave their rents for quarantine. Hmm. Not sure how they're going to solve that issue, but yes. Um, Amelita, good morning. Good morning, Charm. Louis, thank you for tuning in from Detroit. Jennifer's here. Richard is joining us as well. Miss Sue's got it locked. Miss um, Joy said she didn't hear that, I guess, about Colin Powell. Good morning, Anne from BT. Yes, Carol. All right, let's get it. Uh, yes, I know, Carol. They always... Someone sent me an, uh, another article this weekend of a guy who died, um, a fully vaccinated guy who died. And I said, yeah, I said, no one's ever said that fully vaccinated people are not dying, but you still got a 93% chance of not even being hospitalized with COVID. So uh, yes, this person has died, but you know how many are dying who are not vaccinated? The vast majority. People just really uh, major in the minor, but we'll, we'll break it down um, maybe in tomorrow's show in terms of that part of it. Um, George Bush, not Washington. Did I say George Washington? Oh, Lord. Pretty sure he wasn't alive when George Washington was around. Um, thank you, Miss Judy. Good morning, uh, Morna. Good morning, Judy. Uh, Miss Sue. Jade is here. 
Yeah, there's. I feel like there's always a lot of accents, especially since we have view, fewer people on the roadways. It does kind of make me scratch my head and wonder what on earth. I'll tell you my theory once we start talking about that here in a second. But let's kick off the show. Couple things first. Let's talk about the end of um, Cayman Crosstalk. Um, you know, in some ways, it's a sad era for sure. 19 years is a good run for any show. Let's just be honest, right? Let's have a look at the announcement that was made. And then let's see if we can break it down. So um, for the past five months, Shanda V, as she called herself on the show, she's Shanda Glidden, has been hosting at Crosstalk. So let's remember what happened. January, uh, December the 31st of last year, literally without notice that day, they fired Woody DaCosta. Um, and this is part of the Compass Media taking over um, from Hurley's media. So remember Randy sold the radio stations, Compass was crying that they were broke and that they were having financial difficulties going into COVID. They stopped printing, did all these things. And then strangely enough, they could find money to, act, to acquire, is it three or four radio stations? I don't even know. But Rooster 101.9 is one of those radio stations. So of course, you know, Rooster, their kind of thing that they're known for has been um, crosstalk forever, for 19 years. So um, it was kind of one of those things where, uh, you know, people looked for it. Listen, I've been a host, uh, not a host, I've been a guest on that program many times. Um, I don't think I've, have I ever hosted for them? I feel like I've guest hosted maybe once or twice. I can't even remember, to be honest. It wouldn't have been any time recent. But I do feel like, um, you know, I have before, perhaps. I remember. Maybe. But I've definitely been, a, a, I've been in the studio numerous times at different locations because they've moved locations many, many times over the years. And so, um, you know, I've been on with Woody. I've been on with Austin and Elio when they were there. Um, I feel like I was on with Barry Sue. Who else? Mm. Definitely Woody. I said Woody, right? Uh, but they've had a lot of hosts over the years. Oh my God. They've gone through hosts like you change underwear, right? So they've had, um, Austin. He had a long run. They've had, um, Barry Sue. She did it twice, three times actually, because what, um, Hurley's media got rid of her once, then brought her back and got rid of her again. And then her brother brought her, brought her back on the Compass Media. So she's done it three times. Uh, there's been Elio. There's been um, Mr. Uh, what's his name from Bottomtown who was on with, he co-hosted with Woody for a while. So they've kind of had like co-hosts and then Woody was doing it by himself after Gilbert left. <clears throat> so it's been all over the place. Like, honestly, <clears throat> there's been a lot of, hosting going on at that program, right? But 19 years, you know, things happen. And listen, I want to take my hats off to anyone who's hosted that program because um, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's not easy to host a program. And I, for one, uh, know that. And, um, you know, it's not easy to get up every single morning and talk about relevant content and make it interesting and make people want to even tune in. So they got rid of Woody in recent times. I think that was the single worst decision that they made. 
right? Hmm. Uh, the way that they did it, we've talked about this, was horrible. They did it the wrong way. Woody, um, you know, was, some people liked him, some people didn't like him, but people still tuned in. It's like this program, 308 of you are on here right now. Are 308 of you super fans? No, 310. Some of you just want to know what's going on in this country and you're going to tune in, you're going to listen for a minute. And uh, it is what it is. So I think that they really did themselves a disservice when they got rid of Woody. They never even had a conversation with him. Mind you, I saw it coming a mile away. In fact, in December, earlier in December, I saw Woody at the um, Filipino, uh, what's the name of that event that they have every year? Anyway, I saw him at that event. He was um, one of the special guests that was invited. And I said to him, I said, Woody, what are you going to do um, once the Compass acquires? Because we already knew, right? We broke the story that the Compass was buying Hurley's Media. I said, Woody, what's your plan? And he's like, oh, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. I'm like, mm, I don't think that that's going to be the Compass's plan. I think that they're going to make a move on you and you need to be prepared. I think in the end that unfortunately he still wasn't prepared. He was still taken aback by their decision. And they're such cowards um, over there at the Compass that they actually had um, Randy Marin do it before he left, which I thought was just wrong. Like, I'm like, why? Like, you don't even want to sit down and have a conversation with Woody to say, hey, Woody, we're going in a different direction. You know, this is whatever. Nope. They told Randy, before you get that final check in your hand and the, the exchange is done, we need to do one last thing. Go tell Woody to clear out his desk right now, hand him his severance pay, and that's it. There's a lot to be said for how you do certain things in life. So they got rid of Woody. A lot of people are saying karma has come back to bite them in an interesting way now. Um, you know, it is what it is. So when Barry Sue came back, I think she, um, in the end, it looks like she's probably just trying to do her brother a favor. Now, how do you fire? This, this never made any sense to me. How do you fire Woody and you not have a plan of action? Like, come out blazing with a new host. How is it going to be done? You know, none of that, which again, really speaks to the management over at Compass Media. And I don't know who made that decision, but whoever made that decision, I hope now that they've been fired. Maybe they have been because the Compass continues to fire people and to let people go. But that was a really poor decision. And the follow-up plan of who was going to host it, how it was going to work, no one seemed to know. So poor Barry Sue was thrown in there in tears that her friend, her good friend Woody is now going to think that, you know, she's cut him off at the knees and she's like, it isn't that. Remember when she was talking, she was like crying about the whole thing. I thought, oh my God, this is horrible. Anyway, she lasted about five months. The numbers were tanked already. Like literally there were people who said, I'm done with that show. Good morning, Emma. I'm not going to listen to the show anymore on a matter of principle. Um, yes, they had Jonathan. Thank you, Sabrina. They had Jonathan Piercy, which I think they fired as well. They fired Kenneth, Brian. I mean, the the Hurley's media fired a lot of people as hosts of that program. And Woody might have been one of the longest serving people, uh, maybe between him and Austin. They fired Austin. Like I said, they fired Barry Sue twice. Um, so the show was always a little bit, eh. You know, but Woody was definitely um, impressionable. So uh, Maria says he always made the current event so interesting. Yes. And that's what's needed when you're doing talk radio. You need somebody with a personality. 
you know, all this kumbaya stuff just doesn't work. I'm telling you, not for most people for talk radio. And especially on this island, you need a little bit of excitement. Y'all don't think we know that y'all like fireballs. So um, the numbers started to immediately go down. I heard by, I think it was February, March, that big companies like some telecom companies who'd been advertising on the platform or pulling out saying, listen, this show sucks right now. We're going to wait until you um, <laughs> figure it out, hold off on our advertising contracts. And we'll see, because it was actually a big moneymaker for Hurley's media. Because Woody, again, at least people listened and people loved the controversy and whatever. So it was an easy sell to sell airspace on that show. So um, you guys know what happened next is uh, they got rid of Woody. I think Barry Sue just has a very different personality. Um, and I think she's also in a different place in her life where she's not even about controversy at all. She's more about retirement and probably trying to enjoy some of her life, right? Playing her music and those types of things. So the format changed quite considerably after Barry took it over. And I think what happened to Shanda... Now, I've never listened to a full episode of Shanda's show. Um, in preparation for this, I had to listen to more of it than I've ever listened to from Friday's episode just to understand what happened or try to understand what happened with the show. Um, but the truth of the matter is, from January, this this was just a matter of time. It was a done deal, really, um, after that decision. Now, some people said that CMR has played a role in their demise in the sense that we started a morning talk show almost the exact same time slot. So they started at 7, we started at 7.30 in March of last year. And we've been going very, very strong since then. Thank you to your support for that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So let's have a look at the video of Shanda explaining it. And then we'll talk about it a bit more.
Everybody in the Cayman Islands, how are you guys doing this morning? I'm looking outside and it is a gorgeous day. So I have a big, 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 huge announcement to make with you guys this morning. So thank you so much for tuning in. Today is our 100th and 8th show. And you might be like, that's such an odd number. Why is this significant? It's significant because today is going to be our last show for K-Man Crosstalk. Yep, you heard me right. That is our last show today. So <laughs> I know I'm taking a lot of you by surprise. And uh, yeah, so let me break it down. Let me break it down. I need a minute because this is kind of emotional for me too. But uh, give me a second. Whew, okay, so what happened? <laughs> All right, what happened? What happened was... So folks, um, I don't know why, I noticed this when I was playing the original clip as well. The audio is very low. It's not that it's not there, but she was, I don't know what was going on with the show that day, but the audio was extremely low. So I've got it turned up as loud as possible. So hopefully you can kind of make out what she's saying in terms of what happened. I had to accept that as much as I love doing this, as much as I love being here with you guys every day, this is not the right fit for me. And I tendered my resignation not too long ago and, you know, we had to just work through it. I couldn't say anything before now. I've been, you know, patiently waiting for management to let me know what the next plan was, what the next move was. So I just asked for you guys to forgive and have some grace for me in the space that, you know, I couldn't say anything sooner. So the show had to go on. It had to go on exactly how it was. Um, and, you know, it's important for you guys to know that I heard you and I've been listening and this time for me is very precious. So what's next? Well, um, I've been informed that they are going to move this to a more traditional drive time show, uh, similar to what they do on the other stations like Gold and Z99 and Island. So I'm not sure if that's going to be two, co two hosts and like, you know, talk time, but it's going to be basically more country music sprinkled with discussions and uh, news updates. So <laughs> that's what's next for uh, Rooster. And it looks like there won't be more crosstalk for a little while. Maybe it'll be resurrected. I don't have that much information. I know asking all these questions, I know you guys have questions. So some of them I'm not going to be able to answer today. But for right now, come Monday morning, there will be no crosstalk. Today is the final show. Um, and we are going to make the best of it. So um, that's what's next for cross. That's what's next for crosstalk in the me immediate future. What's next for rooster? You're gonna have more country music on your drive-in for work for those country music fans out there. For uh, me, uh, I've you know, I have many businesses. I have things going on in my life that uh, need my attention, and I'm always looking for better ways to serve you guys. So when I thought about it, and as much like I said, I love doing this. I have learned so much with you guys. I have. Um, you know, try to bring this platform to a place where it's something more positive, something deeper that we can understand really what's going on in our community and share experiences because that's what's really relevant to us, right? We can hear news all day long. We can go out and make money and go to our jobs and do this and that. But what really comes down to being important at the end of the day is that connection with each other. 
So I've tried to make this a platform where people feel comfortable to come in, share their experiences, tell us what good they're doing in the community, uh, share the things that they are scared about, how they're feeling about things in an open, honest manner. And I think I've done very well at that. I will toot my own horn because if I don't do it, I don't know who else will. But that said, you all have been amazing. Uh, the support and encouragement that you have given me uh, throughout all of this time, the acceptance, the grace, you have been fantastic. I know we have not always agreed on every single view and you know there's been callers, there's been <laughs> emails that have come in and we don't always agree but still you guys tune in. So I just want to say first and foremost I am grateful for that and again I think it's very important for you guys to know that I have listened to the things that you like, the things you don't like um, and I'm going to be gone for a little bit, but I'm not going to be gone forever. I'll be back in a different capacity. And I'm constantly looking for ways that I can serve my community with my skill set in the best way possible. So before I cry, <laughs> I'm going to go to the news. <laughs> but give me one second. Let me tell you what's coming up. While you guys sink into that, let me just tell you what the show is going to be about today. So I'm going to leave it there. And I'm going to do something that... I don't typically do, <laughs> which is play a song, <laughs> which is play a song in the middle of the show. It's going to play it a little bit later, but I think this is the time for it. Um, what if we are a country station, and come Monday, you'll be hearing a lot more country music between 7 and 9. I don't know uh, who will be the DJ. I don't know what's going on with that situation or if it's just going to be uh, music uh, for the next few days. have no clue, but uh, my, one of my favorite country songs is Sugarland as something more because anytime I'm feeling like not content with where my life is and I need to do something different, I always think this is such a great song for just making sure that uh, you move on. But for anybody who's wishing that, you know, they could be in a different situation today, <laughs> that you could hand in your resignation letter, but you got to just bear with it. Keep in mind, it's almost, fr it's Friday. It's almost the weekend. It's almost the end of the work week. And, you know. There's probably a little something more out there for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. So, uh, you know, we're all masked up and <laughs> ready to roll. And I'm sorry, I just dropped a big, the big, the big announcement on the minister just as he sat down. So I thought he could, uh, hear Alexa in the in the lobby but apparently it's off so he's looking at me like what just happened <laughs> but uh yeah so let me just let you guys know you have the privilege of being on our last very last show for crosstalk the platform is going to be changing um my choice to go but the platform is going to be changing to a more music drive time show so we we we, we, we want to hear some great things <laughs> from the ministry as the announcement and as I've said to our guests um that it's my honor and privilege to actually be sitting with you as my last guest on the show and having today be all about like where we are going and where we are taking this country in terms of development, innovation, investment. So I think this is a very befitting conversation and powerful one to have. So, oh, Minister, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Good morning. I'm not sure I can follow that. <laughs> Because the last time you were here, you were like, you're doing a great you're job. A great Love job. it. <laughs> it was our first time together. I, I was looking for a run of shows with you. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
well, I'm not going to say that this will be the last people will see of me, just last on this platform. Okay, good. <laughs> we might still keep the dream alive yes. in, a in a different form. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, good morning, K-Man. All right, folks. So um, she did spend a considerable lot, amount of time uh, talking about grief and going through the processes of grief. Um, she said that she resigned and it was her choice and that she listened to the people. So I'm guessing that that meant that she was getting feedback that, you know, people are not particularly happy with the show and her decision was probably made on that um, front. And she did also mention the fact that um, I, I was a little bit confused because she said it was her choice that she told them and then they needed some time to like figure it out. And she wasn't really sure what they were doing. It was very kind of strange in a way, because again, you know, they've made a change to the show. They didn't say goodbye. They didn't do anything. Remember when came on 27 um, was shutting down, you know, Woody had an entire show. People were able to, come back like former um you know hosts on came on 27 like it was more of a proper farewell like it's just strange that after 19 years on air and this just shows the mo for the compass uh they just don't get it they cut a show like came on crosstalk and they're gonna go to music you know drive time music whatever have djs on in the morning personalities and they don't even say farewell i mean to me Crosstalk never meant anything to the Compass. It was just collateral damage. Woody never meant anything to them. The show never meant anything to them. And so, you know, I guess as long as it was making money, they were happy to keep it around. They could justify it from a business perspective. Um, but, meh, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was disposable, you know? And it's kind of interesting when certain corporate entities see people and things as disposable. And I really feel like the approach at the compass has been that way for a very long time, but it does seem to more and more appear that everything is just about the, the bottom line and numbers and they don't care who they fire and how they do it. There's no emotional attached to anything. And there's no, there's no way of doing things in a way that, is a proper farewell. So they were just like, eh, cut it. You know, you make an announcement. You say that it's over. It doesn't sound like they told her a whole lot about what's actually happening in the platform. And um, that was it. It's just really bizarre. But despite the fact that she said she resigned, I mean, I still got the feeling that there was a lot of, um, like maybe she had regret or something like, I don't know how to explain it, but there's a lot of discussion about, you know, grief and the stages of grief. And listen, the platform was just wrong for that show. 95 plus percent of their content was focused on NPOs, right? So like, you know, Humane Society, these NPOs are important. They're great, but you can't have a morning talk show that that's what they talk about. And it's just really, really bizarre. Like sometimes I would get a glimpse of their topics and I would literally shake my head because we just had a massive shooting in town with all these people shot and dead and whatever. And they're inviting some dog hugging society on. Now y'all know I love my dogs, but that's not the time to have that discussion. So in talk radio, you have to be prepared to talk about what's topical, what happened overnight. 
you can't have a script and overbook guests um, out the wazoo to the point where when something happens in the moment, you can't even talk about it. So I really felt like the host, and I don't know how much of the host decisions, booking of guests and all that stuff was, I mean, I think it probably was left up to them, but I think that they were really missing the mark in terms of what people wanted to hear and what people want to listen to. People don't need kumbaya every single day. Every single day, we don't need to talk about um, how to overcome, you know, all the feelings in our lives and how to deal with grief and how to, you know, a good customer service course. Like there's another host um, over Star 92.7, Catherine, you know, she kind of does the same thing where, I mean, it's just, listen, in layman's terms, it's boring AF, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's the God's honest truth. That's a cold, hard truth. It is just boring. There's only so much of that you can possibly take. And if you don't get that by now and you don't know how to make your content interesting, then that probably isn't the job for you. So maybe Shanda came to the realization that that isn't a job for her. Um, the minister kind of said that he was surprised, you know, at the outcome. Well, he, I agree with, um, who was it that said, uh, Marshall, she said that a lot of people have been taken by surprise. He says, not really. No, not really. We all knew it was coming down the road. I wasn't taken by surprise. How many of you were taken by surprise? Raise your hands. In the, in the chat, if you were taking my surprise. By the way, don't forget that you can always join this program at any time that you wish. Um, let's play one of those videos. Um, Al says Cayman Cross Talk was too local for American country. Well, it's always been local and they've always played American country. I don't know that that's what happened. I think the management changes um, at the organization have played a, a huge part in the demise of that show because the management changes played a huge part in, um, you know, in all the latest decisions from getting rid of hosts to, you know, and I don't know if they instructed the last two hosts, like we don't want anything political. We don't want anything controversial. It was just really bizarre. Even that in the middle of an election, they were just not hitting the fires like they should have been. It was just crazy. Catherine, thank you so much. Says CMR is Cayman's number one news talk show. And with live current events, most of the people have a voice. Proud to be the listener, proud to be a listener from day one. Sandy, I told you this was going to happen. Thank you. Um, and I don't take any, um, like, I don't celebrate the fact that Cayman Crosstalk has ended. I feel a little bit sad, actually. I mean, I saw it coming. It was a surprise to me. But I do feel sad that it, it is indeed an end of an era, right? Um, Maria says, considering the disappointment she feels, it's admirable how humble and gracious she reflected her feelings. Yes. And again, her disappointment to me didn't quite line up with her resignation, unless it probably wasn't much of a choice, if that makes any sense. Um, Tracy said, I did say after Woody um, that Crosstalk would not last a year. And you were right about that. Two months shy of a year, in fact. Good morning, Anna. Mr. Walton is here. Good morning. Thank you so much. Nadine says, uh, safe um, viewer. Listen, I want to talk about, we're going to segue into this accident over the weekend. Mark says karma is served cold, shouldn't get, shouldn't have gotten rid of Woody. And here's the thing though. 
We say that about Woody, and I agree that they made a very poor decision. But what if in May, Woody had decided to run for political office? Like, we never understood why the Compass made that decision. But what if they were thinking, you know, the chances of Woody running for political office are probably really, really great. So we don't want to wait until then. Again, they could have done it completely differently. They could have had a conversation with him about what his future plans were and how they could kind of work it out. Um, but, you know, what if Woody had left on his own accord? Would we be where we are today? Probably so. And so the bigger questions are what other factors led to the demise of Cayman 27? And there have been other factors. So I think the Woody factor, we'll call it the Woody factor, was probably about 50, maybe 60%. And then there were other factors in terms of that. If you even go back and looked at Woody's numbers, compared to other things that were happening on Facebook, other shows such as this one, you would recognize that even Woody's numbers were nowhere near. He was averaging, I think, 600, six, 700 views a day, unless he had a powerful guest. So if he brought on someone like a Kenneth Bryan, that always bumped up his numbers, right? So six, 700 a day, and we were into the thousands at that point, going neck to neck with him in the mornings. And um, of course, he also had a radio audience. So there's always that argument that, well, you know, who knows how many people in radio are listening and, and no one knows is the point because there's no way to gauge listeners on radio. There's no such thing. It's no way to do that here in the Cayman Islands. But, um, you know, I, I think that the truth of the matter is, had Woody left anyway, there were other factors that were also playing into this. And maybe crosstalk, we all have to accept had a good run at 19 years, and it just ran its course. That's a possibility. And without a really strong host, remember when Barry Sue left, they were saying that they would have two hosts on the program. That never materialized. Um, Shanda was trying to do it all by herself. And for most people, it's very, very difficult to carry a show on your own. Believe me, especially when no one's listening and you don't have audience calling in and you don't have audience participating. Even in her last show, she's saying, oh, you know, call in and... and you know, send me your, like, you know, tell me you're going to miss me something, basically. And nobody called in on her last show. And I thought, oh, my God, that's sad. Nobody called in to say, oh, you know, good luck. We're going to miss Crosstalk. See you later. Not, she did not get a single phone call during the show. I didn't, I mean, I listened to, I would say about 90% of it, because I had to skip through a couple pieces. And I didn't hear a single phone call. She said her mom and dad messaged her, I think, on WhatsApp. You know, so I think people had already checked out a long time ago. So um, Donique says, Woody should be invited to your evening show. Just to set the record, please give him an invitation. We have invited Woody, just for the record, uh, to come in uh, back in, as it happened, back in January. Um, he did not uh, take up that um, offer. And Woody actually said that he's moved on, like he's doing other things. So I don't know what those other things are, but he's been keeping himself busy. So I suspect that Woody just needed a break from all of it. And, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, he's just, he's just moved on. He doesn't want to talk about it. You know, I think he's just done. So we're going to move on as well. Um, good luck over at the compass. Somebody said that the newspaper is next. I think that they're going to have a really difficult time um, keeping it together. 
Um, Della says that the, the newspaper's next. I wouldn't doubt that the newspaper's going to have a difficult time. Um, you know, they've already pretty much uh, d- extinguished being a print media once a week. And those papers, no one is buying the Friday paper. I'm telling you. I literally uh, walk by um, in the grocery store. You guys know I live in the Savannah area. And I go in the grocery store and the papers are stacked. It looks like just as high as they were when uh, they dropped them off. Now, I don't know how much the Friday paper costs anymore, but nobody's buying it. What are they going to do? Are they going to start giving away for free? I don't know, but no one is buying the Friday paper. The only day that they print, you would think, gosh, you're printing once a week. Everybody's going to grab it. They're going to want to see the ads in it. What's going on? And of course, at some point, advertisers are going to go, I'm spending my money on a print ad that nobody's going to see. We don't know how many people have signed up for their, um, what's it called? Their online e-paper, whatever that's being called these days, right? They have a paywall where you can't even read their articles without that. Um, In many forums, I think that they're kind of hanging on by thread. And again... You know, I think of Mr. Bergstrom, who acquired the the newspaper as a business investment. He's a lawyer. He's a business person. And I don't know how much due diligence he did into the finances before he acquired it. I have an opinion that Bergstrom probably just wanted the land that the Compass owns. That building in central Georgetown on Shedden Road is very valuable. And maybe what he was really paying for wasn't even the newspaper, but it was just the land. And it's a matter of time before the Compass newspaper will disappear as well. Just my opinion. Um, you know, Rejma, she doesn't go to the um, press briefings anymore. And again, that was a popularity thing. A lot of people complained about her performance at the press briefings. So I think they put a more local face in there. They've thrown Andrell in there. Um, Andrell seems to be doing um, a decent job with that. And um, I guess they'll keep him there for a little bit. You know, they've got some people at the leadership of the Compass, a lot of people are not really fond of, not a whole lot of Caymanian faces. The publisher has already been given the ax after less than three years on the job. Uh, so she changed the format, lay- the physical layout of the paper changed when she came on board. So she's introduced changes that just haven't worked out. They fired people like Miss Karen who had been there for donkey years. And again, they made her redundant. When I say fire, they made her redundant after 45 years in the job, the only job she's ever had. And the way that they did it left a lot to be desired. They just keep getting it wrong. I don't know how to explain it to them. And I don't know who they're going to replace Kathleen with. You know, they've got somebody up their sleeve that they say, ooh, is a Caymanian, probably a paper Caymanian, but whatever. Um, They claim that it's a Caymanian and, um, you know, I don't know that we're going to hold our breath to see what's going on there. But, yeah, I agree with Dalla. I think the writing is now on the wall for the paper as well. Um, Aliano says it was inevitable after the Austin-Jonathan dynamic duo was uh, squashed. The line was running out. Woody and Kenneth were spicy, and they got rid of Kenneth. And then the rope was extra. Then now with Woody's departure, they uh, they were done. And I think so many people saw Crosstalk as a springboard to a political career because it's worked for Ilya, it worked for Austin, it worked for Kenneth. Um, not to say they weren't doing other things, but you know they were all hosts and being in your face every single day uh, gave people a little bit of an insight into, oh, wow, this sounds like, a, uh, looks like an interesting personality for politics or whatever. 
Um, mind you, two of those so far have been one hit wonders. I think uh, uh, Kenneth has been the most successful one with a return seat and ministerial position. Uh, was Ilya only in for one term or did he manage to get two terms? I feel like he was only in for one term. In any event, um, yes, yeah, Stella, they had asked for donations and stuff as well before they started charging for the online paper. And I think they are still accepting donations. I'm not 100% sure. So yeah, it seems like it's a hot mess over there, folks. I think, again, the writing's on the wall. They're not really keeping up with the times. So we'll see how that happens. Uh, Dominique says, this is all part of their plan to silence the Caymanians, period, family. Uh, they're trying to take over slowly, put uh, pushing us out of the picture. But Dominique, let's, let's think about that for a second. I saw a few comments where people were talking about the fact that... Um, you know, they were trying to silence Shanda. And like I said, I didn't ever really watch her, but I would see what she'd have programmed. And there was nothing that she was doing and that she had programmed that was of any real earth-shattering interest. Like, was she really your voice, um, Dominique? I mean, tell me the truth now. Was she really addressing the issues on behalf of Caymanians that got you, like, really engaged? No, no one's been your voice there for over 10 months. So, I mean, I don't think that that's really what has happened here. And in fact, when you look at the compass, let's let's separate Hurley's Media, what was formerly Hurley's Media, the radio stations, um, versus the compass. The compass hasn't been Caymanian and the Caymanian voice for a long time, from when Leggy took it over. Remember those editorials that Leggy used to write? And the, um, you know, cartoon jokes that he permitted Barefoot Man to put in the paper were, that were notably anti-Caymanian. So if you think the Compass cares about, um, you know, I'm trying to find one that Barefoot Man did about how all Caymanians are, are lazy and don't want to work. And there was a cartoon about that back in the day. Because I got very, very upset about that. I'm trying to remember when that post was. It was a number of years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, sorry to say, but that was 2005. So May of the 16th of 2015, sorry. Um, I did a post. Let me see if I can show you guys this one real quick. Let me see here. Um, can I pull this over? Let's see. Yes, I think I can do that. All right, look at this. This is what the compass was allowing. Tammy shared um, my post back in 2015, Tammy Chisholm. But I mean, look at look at this. She says, to say that this is tacky, offensive, off-call and rude is only the beginning. Our young people deserve better and our country deserves an apology from Barefoot Man and David Leggy. So remember this, labor office, this is what he's saying represents the average Caymanian, right? Sitting down, smoking weed, basketball, slouched over. This is how they have seen us over at the Compass for a very long time. So when people um, now say that, um, you know, this is my comment where I said, forgive me, I don't see, uh, I don't find an employment of Cayman as anything to laugh out loud about. Uh, forgive me for fighting for jobs for all. Forgive me for knowing that this cartoon does not represent the vast majority of unemployed Caymanians. Forgive me for wanting to give this artist a piece of my mind for perpetrating such foolishness in a time that people are struggling, right? And this was a petition against the compass. Is it still up? About Caymanians standing up for discrimination. So I don't know about you all, but the compass has not been 
um, representing the voice of the people of the Cayman Islands, in my opinion, for a very, very long time. Definitely not under David Leggy. And I can't remember when David Leggy took it over. So are they really trying to silence us when we never had a voice over there anyway? Uh oh, sorry. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't see that as uh, as being what, what's actually going on here. Um, Jared says the compass just rubs people the wrong way. And I think that the management of the compass, not speaking about the current management, but the previous management under David Leggy was rubbing people the long way for a really long time. I remember reaching out to him and saying, you need a Caymanian perspective at the compass. And I sent him one long letter about, you know, what that meant, whatever. And the response that I got back from him, um, I'll have to see if I can dig out that email. I just had to shake my head. I'm like, this is a guy who really doesn't have a clue. I was like, you know, do you, do you need a Caymanian voice there? I'm happy to come. And uh, how does Leggy, how, how did he spell his name again? I'm like, you know, I'm happy to come and uh, sit down with you, blah, 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 whatever. And the dude was just clueless as you want to be. Um, I'm trying to see if I can even find that letter, David Leggy. I don't know, but the dude was just clueless. His, his, the response that he came back with, I was like, wow. Wow. It just said to me that here's a guy who doesn't have a clue. He lives in the Cayman Islands and he still doesn't have a clue. You know? <laughs> see if I can find that real quick. This would have been a number of years ago when he was at the Compass. Um and yeah, I remember reaching out to him by email and I said, you know, here's some things to think about from the Caymanian perspective. And then he came back with some flippant remark and stuff. And I was just like, never mind. You know, there sometimes you recognize, uh, unfortunately, that um, you are simply wasting your time and your energy and that some people are just so stuck in their ways that there's absolutely no conversation even to be had about them. So a few people um commenting on what's up so one viewer says leggy literally took caymanian out of the compass and renamed it cayman compass and of course we all remember that uh, some of you were offended for a minute and then you forgot about it um one person here says here i say cmr should be the powerhouse media house in cayman bring on woody and shanda um a cmr newspaper sounds more authentically caymanian anyway who needs a compass, Sandra? Whatever you do, if you ever have to sell CMR, please don't sell it to expatriates. Ooh. Mm -mm -mm. Um, Mark says, Sandy, that's not true. I'm buying to put down for my puppy so he won't mess up the house. Oh, Mark, you need to stop it. <laughs> Train that puppy to go outside. <laughs> Miss Sue says, got to pay to read the compass online. It's crazy. Yeah, that was another dismal idea. I don't know who told them that paywalls work for their type of content. Now, listen, I do pay for news for certain publications from certain publications. So I subscribe to the, um, uh, is it the wall street? No, hold on. Let me tell you which ones I subscribe to. I can't even remember now. There's a few that I do. So I do the wall street journal. I do subscribe to them and the New York times. And I think there's one or two more. Uh, Washington Post. Do I subscribe to them? Anyway, there's a couple that I do subscribe to in terms of news. The Compass doesn't strike me as anyone that I would pay for news from. 
especially when half the time we beat them to it anyway. I mean, let's be honest. There's been a couple stories they've managed to squeeze out. But when it comes to breaking news, they're not really cracking it all the time. So Della says, which Caymanians would help them when they treat Caymanians in that way? I think that that needs to be a bigger issue that's addressed. And some of the numbers now that they're counting as Caymanian, like Kevin Morales and stuff like that, I mean, you know, he's not really a Caymanian. I mean, Johnny come lately sort of situation. Uh, Liasa says, Sandy, I think that you're right about acquiring the compass for the land. By the way, you need to message me about your uh, winnings. Are you still in Cayman? Please do. I need to get you your winnings from the anniversary show. How long ago was that? Um, but yeah, I think it's all about that land because trust me, that is a prime piece of real estate. And one of their tenants is government renting in that building. So don't forget that. They've already got it rented out. And now they put some thing upstairs where you can like have events and parties and whatever. That's prime real estate. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Scott. Marshall says, ever since I took the Caymanian part out of the compass, it was all over for me. And the paper's sale has never been the same. So now it's just a matter of time before the whole paper disappears. Um, Vernita, good morning. She says that I stopped. That's when I stopped buying their paper, talking about um, the smack about Caymanians. Leggy, yes, he was a hot mess. Ugh. Remember when the government stopped advertising with him and then Alden didn't make that last for long. Uh, Marjorie's having a laugh at Mark. Um, Anne says David Leggy was successful, maybe because he had the previous government support. Yes. And of course, back then they used to get all sorts of, they made a lot of money off of government, the compass, off of government job ads, display ads, like everything that happened. It was being advertised um, on the on the compass or in the compass. So Nona says, go to the compass Facebook page and look at all the comments, all the expats openly mocking the premier and other ministers with no shame. The line has really been drawn, I think, with the compass being the voice for other people and no longer the commanded voice. Even when they did that survey about reopening the borders which I thought was actually a good idea to kind of get the pulse of people. Everybody's like, I don't think that that's the average Caymanian participating in that survey. And I thought it was interesting that that is how um, people felt. Uh, Michael, good morning. Wa watching from Washington. Hope I can wash your car soon. I can't wait for you to come back. Uh, Michael um, has a car detailing business and he comes every weekend. I have a standing appointment with him and he just washes the cars. So I don't even think about it, but He's away in training at the moment in Washington. Nice. Good morning, Remy. Uh, Mara's here. Good morning. Um, Rena says that's where all the foreigners and expats go to bitch and complain about our government when they don't have their way. Wow. Over to the compass. Interesting. Uh, somebody says there's a guy, an old crew road with a Jesus sign preaching on the side of the road, ironically, the same spot where... Um, they used to sell the papers. Do they still sell papers on the street? Somebody else says the compass would be like the Northwestern magazine, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> A hot mess. All right, so let's move on um, to the accident this weekend. And then we're going to talk about Dr. Frank. Folks, if you drink wine at 9 o'clock in the morning, go ahead and get your bottle of wine ready because you might need the whole bottle 
when I finished getting Dr. Frank sorted out. I was going to do a pre-recorded discussion on this because I'm going to be doing something new. I hope you guys like it. You know how we have the memojis? I'm going to start doing more memoji editorials and stuff uh, because I have a lot to say. You guys have a lot to say, so you can do them too. And the great thing about a memoji is you don't have to do anything with your hair, face. You can look all scrappy in the middle of the night and be like, I've got something to say. Pull out your memoji, record it, and send it in as an editorial video. Hmm, I'm going to show you guys how it's done. Um, so we're going to be talking about Dr. Frank here in a second. That situation's a whole hot mess. But before we get to him and that hot mess, let's talk about this tragic accident over the weekend, folks. Look at this. I mean, how horrific is this? Um, yes, let's save the best for last, child. Because I don't think that we should be drinking at 8.30 in the morning, but maybe by 9, <laughs> half an hour later, you might be ready for a little bit something stronger, maybe a second cup of coffee. Okay, so give me one second here. I got to make some adjustments to this. Yes. Yes, there we go. So um, this tragically happened on... Um, Saturday evening. It wasn't even late in the evening. It was quite early on, actually. After, uh, shortly after eight o'clock, motor vehicle accident. Oh my gosh. S South Church Street, two vehicles involved, one Kia and one Toyota. I don't know what type of Toyota that is, to be honest. Um, these are small cars kind of scare me a little bit, but Sometimes it doesn't even matter what you're in because, you know, it's the other factors that will kill you. So two critically, two, one deceased, two critical injuries, one major injury, one minor injury. Everybody was in the scene. They were on the scene yesterday morning trying to clean this up. And um, the whole thing is just a really sad state of affairs, folks. Wow. How did this happen? I was mentioning this morning that it wasn't that long ago that somebody else, remember the nurse who was getting ready to leave Cayman, lost her life. Um, another looked like what was a head-on collision there, almost in the exact same area. The driver of this vehicle, unfortunately, our, our condolences go out to his family. We do know, we knew from Saturday almost right away who he was. He works at a local, he worked at a local um, car dealership and mechanic shop. And it's just so sad that a senseless accident has led to the loss of life. He was dead immediately from what our sources have said. The impact of the accident, unfortunately, um, killed him. I mean, look at the look at these pictures. Just unbelievable. Now, what it appears like happened, and again, we will have to wait until the official reports come out about this accident. But it does appear that this vehicle was coming out of a side road, and I forget what the side road is, right there on South Church Street. And the other vehicle was coming down the path there on South Church Street, obviously doing considerable speed. I mean, 
obviously doing considerable speed. I'm not even sure what direction they were coming from, but I think they were heading into town. And so he's coming out of the side street. It looks like his side of the vehicle got the most impact and he was immediately dead. Eyewitnesses who were first on the scene, who called 911, said when they heard this horrific bang, they went out there and he was dead. There were two other Filipinos in the vehicle with him. Um, one was unconscious. So they pulled him out of the vehicle, laid him on the ground. He was completely unconscious. And the other one uh, was able to get out, obviously in a state of shock. And, um, you know, just a hot mess. Really, really horrific. In the other vehicle, my understanding is, there were another, um, let me just mute that here. So this was a tow truck yesterday picking up the vehicle. So there was another uh, three persons in that vehicle, apparently. Two, I'm told two women. Um, and this is where... I think that one might have only had two people in it, to be honest, right? So the one with the Filipino um, driver, that had three uh, Filipino young men in it. And then the other one had two women, and they were in a Kia. And I'm going to show you the Kia here in a second. Um, amazingly, when you look at the devastation of this vehicle, I mean, look at that, right? I mean, this vehicle is just smashed to pieces, the glasses out, the whole nine yards. When you look at the devastation of this vehicle versus the Kia, so by the time we got on the scene yesterday, this was a picture of the Kia. I mean, it, it is pretty mashed up, but it doesn't seem to be uh, quite as bad as what happened to the other car. So the windshield is out, obviously. Um, got some damage on the front end, but mostly on that, um, what would be the right side of the vehicle. So those ladies were able to walk out of the vehicle. I mean, how crazy is that, right? So they walked out with injured, but, you know, the, um, and let me just clarify something. When the police report said one minor injury, initially we read that to be a minor as in a minor person, but it turns out that minor meaning minor injury. So there's a little bit of confusion there, but thankfully there were no children involved in this. And it was at least two women in this Kia and three in the other vehicle. And the other vehicle got the brunt of the impact because again, what appears to have happened, Parsons Circle, thank you, Beth. Um, what appears to have happened is that um, they came, I don't know what kind of speed they were doing, but they were coming down South Sound, booking it. This vehicle seems to come out of Parsons Circle and then boom, slammed right into them. Now, you tell me how crazy this is, right? Which, because what it means is that second vehicle, if you were just pulling out, wasn't doing much speed at all. Like you might've been doing, you're just pulling out two miles an hour. So what speed were these other people doing? Oh my God, it's crazy. But as someone said to me, even 10 miles over the speed limit, 
is significant. Now, wait till I show you guys something here. You're not going to believe this because this just blows my mind. I'm like, some of y'all do not deserve to have a driver's license. And I think that they need to start doing something about, you know, some of you are getting constant tickets. You're driving recklessly. You're driving intoxicated. After, they need to have a three-strike rule. Three strikes is too many as far as I'm concerned because by then you probably taken somebody's life, but definitely a three strike rule. If you show up in court for DUI more than twice in your lifetime, you'll never be able to drive again. Like let's start taking these people off of the roads, off of the streets completely. Reckless driving, dangerous driving. How many lives are we gonna have to lose? Right? Before we start to say we need to do something about it, the residents in that area are complaining. Sandy, we do not have proper speed traps. They go out on, on a shamrock because that's easy money. Well, I think any speed trap on this island is easy money. You have just got to use the technology available, put those automated ones up there and start ticketing people. Now that happened on Saturday evening. Our condolences, his family, may his poor soul rest in peace. Would you believe that this morning someone is driving unsouth sound reckless again? It's like, what? what is wrong with these people? They don't have any sense or what? Look at this video that was just sent to us. Let me show you all this. Look at this. This is this morning. Look, yeah. Now, this person is trying to drive like a bat out of hell in morning traffic. Overtaking, trying to overtake multiple cars, didn't have enough room to do it. I'm coming up on a bend. In South Sound again. I cannot even believe it. Did they not hear that somebody just dies? This person said, this is Morning Sandra. This is the jackass of the day overtaking South Sound Road just after the fatal accident over the weekend. What? What is wrong with you guys? Seriously. The only thing I wish that video showed was the um, license plate number of that vehicle. We will put them up as jackass of the day. Y'all just need to do better. It's just, it's just so reckless. An island this size, where are you going in such a hurry? You're going to get there, what, all of two minutes earlier or dead and get there none at all? It's just absolutely ridiculous folks doesn't make any sense oh lord y'all gonna distress me out mm -mm -mm -mm. so um let me see here now so i want to talk about um 
what's the name of these people? Travel Cayman. Lord have mercy. If I tell you that Travel Cayman uh, needs to get it together, I wouldn't be lying. I'm going to play a series of video of voice notes for you guys. Uh, we're going to do an interview with the mom a little bit later on. We probably can't get her on today because she's probably so worn out and she has a daughter and a baby that she's dealing with. Um, her daughter is finally able to come. But when I tell you it took a miracle to get this child here, y'all don't know. You really don't know the most of it. So I'm going to show you guys the mom and the little baby here in a second. Um, and I'm going to tell you how this was finally resolved. My God. Mm -mm -mm. She will come on and do an interview because I think there's some issues inherently wrong with the system. Now, we are how many months into the COVID pandemic? You know, travel came in, travel time, they keep changing names, more or less. They have been around for a minute. And I'm sorry if I have expectations of them that they would actually be doing a better job than what they're doing at this particular time. Right now, they are horrible. They're doing a horrible job. And it's sad that I even have to address this because this reflects poorly on everybody involved. This reflects poorly on the civil servants who are running the show. And it certainly reflects poorly on the political arm, although they don't have anything to do with it because they can't fire or hire civil servants. This is when poor Franz Manderson be sitting there shaking his head, talking about world-class civil servants. And he's like, how are y'all world-class? And, and... Mm? All right, so Saturday morning, I was at home trying to sleep. Lord. I was in my bed and I thought to myself, ooh, I think I mentioned this to you guys on Friday. I might get to sleep in. I was looking forward to it. But you know, it doesn't normally work out because my daughter wakes up at the crack of dawn on a Saturday, on a Sunday. And normally that's the end of it. You gotta get up when you got a five-year-old, right? But it was eight o'clock and I was still in bed sleeping. And I heard my phone ringing. So, you know, I have my phone um, on an automated thing where it silences itself between, I think, 11, unless you're on my, um, what's my list called? My uh, favorites. Unless you're on that list, I don't hear it. <laughs> so, you know, it just doesn't happen. So I have it silenced, and then I think at 7 o'clock in the morning, whatever, it automatically comes out of the do not disturb mode for the night, right? So I hear somebody calling me at like 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, who would be calling me so early? This has got to be a national emergency. Is somebody injured? What's going on? I was like really, really concerned, right? So I didn't answer it. I was like, oh, let me roll over on the other side a little bit. Then I saw, I got up and I saw the person who called started WhatsApping me. It was a lot of voice notes. And I thought, oh Lord, something's going on. Um, let me just finish reading your comments about this incident. 
Uh, and Sue says, in Saturday afternoon, Hearst Road was very wet and one car lost control. That's the other thing. When people, when it starts raining on this island, why didn't y'all slow down? What is the point of speeding when it's raining? Or not even speeding, but, you know, the road conditions, the, the um, speed signs are like ideal road conditions. So if something's going on that isn't ideal, like your vehicle isn't in ideal condition, or it's starting to rain and the roads are slippery, or there's debris on the road, traffic, other things, slow down. So even yesterday, yes, we got some rain on Saturday. We got some rain yesterday and people just wouldn't slow down. There's another accident in Bottom Town yesterday. Ran into two cars, ran into each other. Eddie says, here's the thing, Sandra. Take note of the make and model of the vehicles. They're not allowed in the U.S. as they don't meet the impact ratings. All vehicles are most vulnerable to side impacts. Mm. Interesting. I thought, Eddie, that this would have been addressed already. Because wasn't the previous government claiming that they were going to do something with stopping all these foreign imports? Like we bring in a lot of cars in Japan that, as Eddie says, don't meet a certain criteria elsewhere in the world. And I thought, I'm sure I'd heard this, that the government, um, you know, was being encouraged to make those changes. That still hasn't been done. I guess that's another thing that the progressives left undone. Jonathan says he's surprised that more people and cyclists don't get hit on that stretch of the road because it's so narrow with so many blind spots, especially at night. And that is precisely why you slow down. You don't speed going through South Sound at night. And in fact, after hours, I don't really like taking South Sound at all because there's a lot of homes that are literally right on the road. They can't be helped because of how South Sound developed. And there's, there's really no way to expand that road when you think about it. So that just simply means that drivers have to be a bit more cautious. Eddie says that even a 30 mile per hour impact can cause that damage. Oh, I believe it. I mean, you guys remember the other day I had a little fender bender. I was doing two miles an hour coming out and I, he was, I, he wasn't really doing that much because he himself, the other driver had just come out from the other side of Burger King. So maybe he'd gotten up to like 10, 15 miles per hour. And when you saw the damage, my entire front end had to be replaced. I was like, damn, imagine if he was doing 30 or 60 miles per hour. Even if I was doing nothing and at a complete standstill, that is a significant impact. So, yes, folks, y'all just need to do better on the roads. Andrea wants to know what Travel to Cayman is going to do when the roads re when the country reopens. Well, I don't know because y'all need to hear this. Listen, here's this fiasco. Let me just see if this is ready for you to listen to it. This is what I woke up to on... Uh, Saturday morning. Good morning, Miss Sunday. My name is Katie. I really need your help, Mom. Yesterday, my daughter, my daughter has been booked for the flight coming in from Kingston yesterday. She's eight. She was the flight. Her ticket has been bought for the honor company minor, and. She was supposed to travel yesterday. Now came on travel time, have me do everything 
they approve the certain they send me the approval for her flight that she can't fly here she's only eight my baby is only eight years old and they approve everything up to yesterday they called me 3 30 tell me to remember to be at, at the airport for five o'clock because they're on flight land six and imagine five minutes to five they're going to call me and tell me that they deny the baby for boarding the flight because if it was me she traveling with or i have to put her on my work permit and not the law passed yesterday now these people have me spend up all my money pay for quarantine buy food and then five minutes to boarding they're going to call me and tell me that leave my baby stranded in kingston after have my father hovering in spanish town now my baby's only eight miss sandy and nobody's giving me any answer nobody is telling me nothing and i don't know if you can help me but i need somebody i don't know what to do please my daughter name is jana white her date of birth is november 29 2013. yesterday after they called me 3 30 and tell me that um i should be at the airport for five o'clock so they can put the wristband on me so when the flight come in then i could you know the taxi would take us to our quarantine place because we're quarantined at residence so they called me back now five o'clock so when i see the call coming in i thought it was that they were saying you know i was late so i, I answered and i said i'm right at foster's coming to the airport the person on the line said to me they are sorry they're calling me because they're sorry there was an error made and um my daughter won't be coming up on the flight so i said what you saying ma'am i said why is she not coming up on the flight said her boss just tell her that um children under cayman airways is not carrying children under 12 years of age because they're not able to get the vaccination and that i would have to put the child on my work permit for her to come here to visit so she can come in as a dependent and not a um a tourist so i asked her i said mom and you guys just calling me telling me this you have been in dialogue with me all throughout the week you guys have been calling me you send me all the necessary documents the the travel certificate that was approved and no one said that to me she said she's sorry but her boss just informed her and she can't do anything about it so it's either i have to go get the child or i have to put the child on my work permit and wait for it approved now miss sandy my daughter has been my daughter ticket has been booked from i believe the first week in september you understand me it's not like her ticket has just been bought she have been planning this the baby cried yesterday she is right now my daughter is stuck in spanish town i have to have my dad to keep her in spanish town because she have been trapped she left montego bay because that's where she's living from 7 a.m this morning 
traveling to Kingston so that she can be there for her flight. And five minutes after they're checking it, checking her in, you're going to call me and tell me that. No, this is an eight-year-old, Mrs. Sandy. What, what? I don't know what to tell my daughter. She's been crying from last night. I've been crying from last night. Now I spend up all these money to pay for quarantine that I won't be getting back. Buying food. You understand me? And that's what they're telling me. Five minutes to her flight. I didn't even know that the, there was a lock come, um, that passed yesterday, according to the lady. That is yesterday the lock come in effect. How does that affect my child who has been on, who has a, a flight from before this law have even been in place? I can't understand. I just can't understand and the only thing they're saying to me is that they're sorry. They're so unprofessional and unorganized. Even last night, I got a call 6 o'clock last night. There was a young man at the airport from Cayman Travel Time calling me saying that, where am I? They have my wristband and cell phone to give me for quarantine. And I said, sir, I don't understand what's going on because somebody from your office called me five o'clock today saying that my daughter won't be on that flight. So how can you be calling me now that the plane has landed? So I don't know, Miss Sandy, I don't, I just need some answer. What's going to happen to all of that money that I spend up? What's going to happen? Honestly, I'm, I'm so stressed out right now. I haven't seen my baby for two years. Two years. Mom, you know, you really don't know how I'm feeling right now. I haven't seen my baby for two years. Because of the craziness with the reopening and the opening of the border, I've been promising. I've been promising the baby every time. Baby, when they open, I'm going to take you. And now the child finally reached at the airport. So excited. Imagine a child being so excited to come. She hasn't seen me and her dad for two years. And this is what they're going to do. They're going to tell me if she's not added as a dependent, she's not able to travel here to visit. She has to be added as a dependent. Now you and I know how long that can take in immigration. And they're telling me that yesterday, ma'am, yesterday, five minutes to her boarding, they called me five o'clock and the flight is 5.05. And telling me all of this. They send me to take, they, they have me take my daughter to do a COVID test because Cayman Island has a specific COVID test. I have to pay 15,000 Jamaican dollars for her to take the COVID test. I've done everything they asked me. They have approved her, everything. And that's what they're telling me. And then only saying that they're sorry. I asked to speak to the manager. She wouldn't even speak to me. She wouldn't even speak to me. I have to have my dad because my dad was the one who bring her to the airport. Now she's stuck in Spanish town. Now I'm going to have to borrow money to send down there so they can bring my baby back to Montego Bay. Money that I don't have because I spent up everything to buy food and to pay for quarantine. 
Thank you so much, Miss Sandy. You know, I just come off the phone with Cayman Airways as well. And they're telling me, the lady that I'm speaking with... Yeah, the, the lady that, um, that, um, that, um, that I talk with tell me that they, they have been doing this from last week, um, turning back children from last week, and they need to stop it. Because as they know in advance that the law was going to pass us, so they should have been calling passengers or parents to let them know. Oh my gosh, what a mess, folks. Um, Quincy, yes, we always take calls. Um, you can just click on the link. I'll put it down at the bottom. But listen, this was an all-day ordeal on Saturday, folks. I cannot begin to tell you how upset I was that this had happened. First of all, as a mother, I do understand her pain. I understand her frustration. An eight-year-old child um, going from Montego Bay, what's the drive distance from Montego Bay to Kingston, Jamaica? That is a long way. This poor woman is having to make arrangements to have someone drive the child because she's coming in as an unaccompanied minor all the way from Montego Bay, all the way to Kingston to find out that the government says, oh, travel time, came in her ways, oh, we can't let this child on the plane. They called her at three o'clock on Saturday. Make sure you're on time at the airport. So she booked from September. We're now in October, the middle of the month. Your child is coming. You paid quarantine um, money to quarantine with your child. She's probably had to take off of work. I don't know where she works, but she's done all these arrangements. An hour, two hours before they call you, make sure you're at the airport ready. Okay, good. Five minutes before the plane is supposed to land is when this poor mother realizes that her child is not on the flight because that's when they decide to call and say, oh, by the way, your child not on the flight because of this, that, next thing. What? People. If you can appreciate, like I said, we're hoping that we can do an interview with the mom a bit later on. Trust me when I tell you that I would have blown a gasket. An eight-year-old child... There are inherent dangers in trying to get an eight-year-old child to travel unaccompanied, even as short as the flight is from Jamaica. Going from Montego Bay to Kingston in a taxi, and then the child doesn't really know anybody in, Mon in Kingston. So now because of that situation, um, Quincy, you can actually just click on the link. Let me just get it for you. Um... You know, the poor child was then forced to overnight in Kingston. It, it was just a mess. And all day long, I would be lying to you if I told you that that's where the situation ended. It was a back and forth. I emailed travel time. Oh, yes, we're aware of it. We're looking into it. Not hear nothing more from them. I had to reach out to the premier of this country. Now, you know, things are sad when you got to go this far. And I had to say, Wayne, Premier Panton, here's the situation. I don't even understand the logistics of what's going on here because I'm confused. I don't know 
I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. Right? The child has been COVID tested. The mother had to pay money for that. She's had to spend all this money. Why would they wait until five minutes before the flight is supposed to land to tell this mother, your child isn't on the plane? So no wonder she was waking me up at eight o'clock in the morning distraught. Listen, travel time, get your shit together. I don't know how else to tell you this, but you need to get it together. This is horrible. So then it gets even better than this. Later on in the afternoon, the mother gets a message here, you know, at about, let me see what time that was now. So um, thank you to the premier by 1.30, he had responded to said that he um, had listened to the voice notes. He's spoken to Chief Officer Wes Howell, and he's aware of the situation and they're dealing with it. And apparently the solution might be to find a passenger who's vaccinated and who's willing to accept responsibility to travel with the child. So that was 1.30. We went, oops, we went back and forth for a minute. Now at... Um, 518, she gets a message. Let me show you guys this from, I won't show you this because it actually has her email address on it, but she gets a message from Cayman Airways that says Sabre Corporation trip reminder for PNR locator showing that the child is coming on Sunday at um, 610 on the KX605. No one called her to say the situation has been resolved and we're going to issue a ticket. She just gets this email and she's like, what's this? Uh, am I supposed to arrange for the child to go to the airport? Because I was going to send her all the way back to Montego Bay. I don't know what this is. I'm just like, okay, this is confusing. So now the airline has rebooked it and sending this um, thing, right? This confirmation. So again, I reach out to the premier and I'm like, what, what is this? Is the child coming tomorrow? No one has said it. And he's like, what? They told me that they called her and they spoke to her. Honey, child, they spoke to somebody. So they say, but it wasn't this woman. She had not received a phone call. Um, oh, someone said my mic needs fixing. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that you can't hear me? But this poor mom had not received a phone call. So I don't know who they were calling. And they're telling the premier, oh, yes, we've called her. It's been sorted out. You see, this is how they make everybody look bad. They didn't call the woman. So I'm thinking, are they accidentally calling somebody else? But wouldn't that person be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. How are you calling? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So finally, after a back and forth, goes on and on and on and on and on. And I said, nope, they haven't called her. The premier picks up the phone himself and calls her going into the evening hours. I thought, wow. You see, this is why I feel sorry for politicians who came out. I got to be honest with you. Because um, this is why they can't focus on 
strategic planning for this country and doing all that other stuff because they're trying to do the job of civil servants and try to micromanage situations like this. Nowhere else in the world would you be able to call up the premier of a country or president of a country and be like, oh, we have a situation with this poor child. Can you help to resolve it? And then he has to get on the phone to civil servants and say, uh, can you fix the situation? Quincy, good morning. Good morning, Sandy Hill from Sunshine in Kingston, Jamaica. How are you? We're beautiful here. How are you? I'm doing very well. My mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, and I'm expanding my knowledge base because I'm learning so much about the history of Jamaica. And, uh, well, it's very sad that uh, we can't seem to get things sorted. Something as simple as this, yeah. a phone call and just clearer information could resolve exactly what you're talking about now. It's, it is ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's uncalled for, and hopefully moving forward, we won't see anything like this again. But again, I think it's Cayman government and Cayman Airways in the pound, how do old people say? Pound, pound, smart, shilling, foolish, whatever, just wanting to be safe. Whether you're a child or an adult, they want to do the yeah, regular listen, test, the proper that, test. There's no, yeah. there's no problem with that, right? That's fine. Understood. It's lack of communication. Correct information in a timely manner. Correct information. Right? When they I agree with you. Her at three o'clock, how did they not know mm. at three o'clock that this child was going to be an issue? Yeah. And you, you know, know how, how do you turn away a child at the airport? Uh huh. All right. And who, still wait five it? minutes before they were supposed to arrive and came in to place a phone call. It just doesn't make any sense. Who was the child traveling with, with, with in the care of the flight was, attendant? Or no, she, was, she was going to be an unaccompanied minor. Yes, an unaccompanied minor. Right. Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure an apology will be will be given. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't reimburse the money spent in terms of. No, I say that because I I yeah. I, well, I it know hasn't this, happened yet. <laughs> it hasn't and, happened yet, but you're talking about it. When Sandy Hill brings light, when when Sandy brings something to the to the fore. It's highlighted and then it gets people talking. I am sure some statement or some, even if it's a call, it mightn't be headlines, something will be done because money has been wasted. And and here in Jamaica, money don't come easy. And uh, having well, to- Well, it don't come easy in Cayman either, I got to tell you the truth. Well, I can and, tell and you what. the what. worst thing, Quincy, is- Tell me. Even after they resolved it, they're like, oh yeah, we we talked, we spoke to her, everything's fine. They still mm -hmm. hadn't spoken to her. So I don't, I don't know- So that was a lie? A I, lie? I don't think- People are lying. I think they're very confused, and there's very some confused. major miscommunication going on in the system that shouldn't be happening. That should be junction of travel time. Travel time should be a well-oiled machine at this point. Come on, Sandy. You know? I have good news for you because I know, oh. I know you are very. You have always fought for the protection of women and children. There was a terrible news story that broke in Jamaica with a nine-year-old little girl who was abducted by a man. Mm. The good news is, because people, we fear the worst. And, and yeah. kidnappings in Jamaica happens quite a bit. We were yeah. fearing the worst, that the child would probably never be found. Or if found, you would only find her corpse. But the good news is, the child has been found and rushed to hospital. And now they're trying to hunt down that brute of a man oh to the God. point where family members are scared. Because in Jamaica, in certain areas, if you hurt mm -hmm. a child, they have what you call jungle justice. Mm -hmm. Members of the community will take care of the assailant. They will take care mm -hmm. of the perpetrator. So what's happening now, because they can't find the man that abducted the nine-year-old little girl, and thank mm -hmm. God she has been found safe and taken to right. hospital, they're going after family members. And as a matter of fact, family members are coming out of the neighborhood. They're, they're, 
They're, they're wow. you know, you know, you know, when you turn over a bucket of soldier crabs, they go scramming all over the place mm. because people do not tolerate in Jamaica, especially those from the ghetto and the lower brackets of society. They do not tolerate the abuse of a child. Mm -hmm. There have been instances where people have been beaten to death in certain areas in Jamaica mm -hmm. for, for abusing a child. Anyway, the good news is the child has been found. So that's a good news story. Sandy, why I've called this morning, and I thank yes. you for giving me the opportunity to join you on your morning show, is to, to make a plea to the PACT administration. I'm a fan of the PACT administration. Mm -hmm. They've been in now, what, seven, eight months? Let's give them a chance. Obviously, people wanted change. That's why they voted in the way in which they voted. Miss Valerie Ebanks from Kim and Brack called me this morning uh, with, with a heart very full, with a concern that the Brack road work is going to stop. You see, on Kim and Brack, unlike Grand Cayman, the road work for unemployed Brackers happens from January right to December. It's year round, three weeks on, one week off. Three weeks on, one week off. You and Grand Cayman aren't so lucky because there are more people unemployed in Grand Cayman. So you get to clean up the island uh, of debris, bottles and cans, whatever. Two weeks in summer and two weeks in December. That's it. You all have a long registration line at the Lion Center. On the BRAC, thanks to Moses Kakerno mm -hmm. and Juliana O'Connor Connolly. Well, now Juliana is a member of the government. Moses is on the parliamentary opposition. But the, from the previous administration, for the, for the past eight years and counting, BRACers have always had work, the unemployed, by keeping the island clean. Miss mm -hmm. Valerie Ebank said she has heard that that could be brought to an end. So she's asked me to make a plea to the government to please not stop the road work on Kim and Brad because some close to 50 persons depend on that $280 CI check every week. Sandy, I will close by thanking you for giving me an opportunity to come on and to say we're not celebrating Heroes Day in Cayman because Heroes Day in Cayman is the fourth Monday in January. Today is a public holiday in Jamaica. Uh, it's a no movement day, so everybody's at home. Uh, but we're, we're we're listening to our radios and we're listening to TVJ because we're getting a lot of history of the seven national heroes. But if I am to highlight national heroism in the Cayman Islands, we need to talk about persons like Fred E. Scott from Cayman Brack, Captain Navigator Extraordinaire. We need to talk about Dalmaine Ebanks, DD from West Bay, who was a musician, a boxer, a politician. And we need to talk about Mr. Kirkland Nixon. Sandy? I don't know what Caymanians are thinking. We just can't mm -hmm. have a new national hero every year. Jamaica only has seven. The Cayman Islands has nine and counting. National heroes, you don't add your list to national heroes. They tell you add a new string of Christmas lights to your Christmas tree each year. It doesn't work like that. Jamaica has seven, and people in Jamaica are pushing that Bob Marley and Louise Bennett become national heroes. Hasn't happened yet. And Louise Bennett has been dead for over 12 years, Bob Marley for more than 30 years. So you just, what we need more in Cayman is national mentions, national treasure, certificate and badge of honor, and posthumously awards to mention per persons in Cayman who contributed. Kirkland Nixon died with the words on his mouth, traffic too much in Cayman, the lines are too long. He died in his senses, Mr. Kirkland Nixon, the same one that was a hero after Hurricane Ivan the same one of the Orchid Society, saying we need a train system or we need a monorail. The lines are too long. He closed his eyes and died. Mr. Kirkland Nixon should be recognized. Dalmaine Ebanks, DD, and Captain Fred E. Scott from Kim and Brack. Sandy, why am I saying all of this? If we don't honor our people now, 20 years from now, it's not going to matter. Because in the see, new we've, got, we've got a couple other guests um, in Thank the queue. You. So just FYI. Thank you for your time. 
Sandy, I could go on forever. Yes. Thank you for yes. taking. I've and said we all. We don't I want you to, to go on forever this morning. We'll save it for another morning for sure. But thank you very, very thank much, Kinsey. Um, those are important topics, and we will definitely talk about. It. I think it's very interesting. We do have the mother on the line, folks. So listen, you want to hear her side of the story before we bring her on. Jared has been waiting. Um, good morning, Jared. How are you? Morning, morning, Sandy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, so um. I'm quite sad that situation is happening with that lady um, in Jamaica with her eight-year-old child. But I, I'm not sure if people are aware of the Immigration Act. Now, when you have the Immigration Act, right, it pretty much states, okay, the conditions that you get to come into Kmart. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, they have been a bit more discriminatory towards Jamaica ever since that thing with the visa situation happened in 2005, but wasn't really... It was rectified but lessened to a degree however um with with covid happening it makes it a little bit more strenuous mm -hmm. now we have to give Cayman travel a bligh right because it, in in a sense I, I know everybody want to want to go with their heads but they're less than a year old right they're not a full-fledged department i don't even know what their mandate is it was just pieced together to say okay monitor the people that are coming in now notwithstanding the situation with this yes it is a serious situation that has happened and clear communication needs to happen but we just had a new law that passed which said okay people need to be vaccinated if you're not Caymanian. so the stipulations um with that as well as the immigration act it, it has a lot of barriers on what the clear route is so if, if there was clarity with that probably there wouldn't be on that issue but anyway that's not what i come to talk about mm -hmm. what i come to talk about is that i've noticed um with certain airlines yes mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is coming that's nice i noticed that whenever i travel from a different country let's say canada and I go to Cayman, most of the times they don't give you the immigration card, which is supposed to say, like, okay, your, your status, that thing that you're supposed to fill out. Because there's a customs card, I believe, that you have to fill out. And then there's another one. Most of the times, the attendants do not give that out. And that's a problem. Because I usually have to say, where's the other card? And they don't, they, they don't know. So that that is something that, I would say needs to be looked at if we're going to be taking, you know, flights back into Cayman, which I know is, is uh -huh. also, I noticed there's this issue for, let's say, permanent residents, right? Let's say you live in America, right? Uh -huh. And you want to travel to Cayman. The only legal way that they can really allow you to come to Cayman is if you have a Cayman passport. But here in Cayman, we know there's different categories that mm -hmm. people fall under under the immigration law. It's it's either gonna be work permit, permanent resident, Caymanian slash status holder. When mm -hmm. you go to those kiosks in these first world countries, they only say Cayman Island passport holders. So the only thing that you really can have to show proof that okay, you're supposed to be Cayman is that is that stamp, more or less. But what I'm trying to say is that th there seems to be a lack of communication on what the immigration rules are mm. for other countries allowing people who live in Cayman to, to come in. Now, the other question that I had, which probably could be answered, is that 
what was the solution at the end of the day? Was it that this child needed to be added as a dependent on the parent's work permit? Because we've got we've gotten the mother waiting, so we're gonna get some some additional answers from her. So um, we're gonna bring her into the conversation. But yeah, Jared, I mean, it leaves a lot of questions, I think, to to be answered. So do you wanna hold on while we bring Miss Katie in or you had some final comments? You hold on for a bit? I can, I can hold on a bit. Okay, all right. Um, so uh, Katie, good morning. Can you hear us? Okay, hopefully I see a circle spinning spinning and spinning some more. Um, hopefully she'll be able to hear us here in a second. Uh, it's just spinning. It's the circle of no, no internet service. Um, Katie, let me, um, I'm going to kick you out and then have you come back in because sometimes that helps to reestablish a conversation. So let's just try it again. So try it again. Um, okay. So thank you so much. Uh, so we have a lot of questions. So in the end, um, I'm happy to say that the child is here. The child, uh, the picture that we showed you guys earlier was of the child coming. So um, while we're waiting on Katie to, to come back in, um, let's go ahead and play another voice note that she sent a little bit later on in the day. Mom, you have, you have, trust me, God is able and God really worked through you. Trust me, I am very, very happy and excited. My friend is coming up next week, Sunday, not this, not tomorrow, Sunday. Next week, Sunday, the 24th, she's going to send me a copy of her ticket. She's fully vaccinated and she's going to bring her and then I will quarantine with her for the 14 days and stuff. So, um... I'm going to, as soon as she send me the pictures of her, of her return um, ticket schedule, I will send it to you. But she said it's going to be an evening flight for next Sunday. So um, I will send it to you with her name and information. So at some point, that was a potential solution. And then Katie, can you hear us? Mm -mm. We can't. Um, I tell you what, let's just call her on the regular. Um, I don't know if her data is not all that great, but let's just call her directly on the phone. I think that might be the best thing to do. Um, yeah, Katie, I think your your data, um, you might want to talk to Flo, honey child, because they'll get you sorted out with that good, that good plan, that unlimited plan that they have there. So let's see if we can just get Katie on the phone. Mm-hmm. see here now. Good morning, Miss Sandy. Hi, Katie. It looks like um the connection is just kind of spinning there for you on the show. But I, I was hearing you clearly. I was hearing everything. Oh, like, gosh. You weren't hearing me. Yeah, we can't hear or see you, no. Um, so let's go ahead and try this. Um, so you do finally have your daughter now. Um, give us a little bit of a rundown on what transpired in the end on Saturday. So on Saturday, after they denied my daughter, leave her strong in Kingston 
on Friday evening. I contacted you Friday night through Facebook. Um, you didn't read my message yet. And then I searched for your number on Facebook. I contacted you in the morning. And I, I sent you a voice message with the details of what happened Friday evening. And you respond to me and you said you'll see what you can do you can see what you can find out and i just want to say i want to thank you and the premier so much mm -hmm. you guys have gone through the the length you were on the phone with me all day saturday from about nine in the morning until 11 in the night trying to get my daughter here to me and you and the premier i don't know how much i appreciate what you guys have done for me now to talk about what happened um i just want to say travel time or whoever is responsible for all of this they need to they need to sort themselves out you cannot do do people this this is unfair to children children do not understand when you promise a child that they're going to see their family or they're even going overseas the excitement that that child have and for you to rob them of that happiness it is so wrong mm. my daughter was crying all through friday night she did not eat she cried herself to sleep wow I had to charter a vehicle from Kingston because my daughter is living in Montego Bay. I have a vehicle from Montego Bay first to bring her to Kingston to make that flight. And then after they left my daughter stranded in Kingston, a eight-year-old, I have to get somebody because I don't have no relative in Kingston. Mm -hmm. I'm from Montego Bay. Mm -hmm. And I have to charter a vehicle to bring her to Kingston to, to uh, Spanish down to a relative of mine mm. and then charge another vehicle to bring her to her grandparents in St. Thomas yes, um, Saturday mm -hmm. because I want to make sure that my child is safe. Wow. Who, I, I don't know what's going on with Cayman Travel Time, but I really would like some answer as to why they did this to my daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. I would really love to know why why was this happening after my daughter ticket was bought two months in advance and you're going to tell me because as, as, as what they explained to me she under to be vaccinated and for her to travel as the law has passed on Thursday for her to travel I would have to add her to my work permit and that's the reason why they didn't put her on the flight now in advance to that, to Friday, prior to Friday, I have been in contact with Cayman Travel Time from Monday. They have been calling me, putting things into place. They have emailed me mm -hmm. the confirmation certificate that I sent you. They emailed that to me Tuesday. Wednesday, the lady called me, reminding me that I need to sign it and send in all the dependent that will be quarantined. Mm -hmm. Thursday, she calls me. And she said to me, if I cannot print off the form, um, I should um, bring it to the airport signed. When I come to the airport, I would have to sign it. I said, okay. They called me 3.30, Miss Sandy. 3.30 Friday. 
reminding me that I have to be at the airport half an hour before my daughter flights arrive so that they can put the wristband on me and give me the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. with all of that, you knew before, a week before, because I understand now mm-hmm. that they have been taking children off the flights from last week. So if that had been happening from last week, my daughter is eight, so they should have known that she wasn't going to be able to travel. Why didn't no one said that to me when they have all these conversations with me? Mm-hmm. And five minutes to five, they called me. Oh, ma'am, I'm sorry. Your daughter won't be coming up on the flight. Why? Mm-hmm. There has been a, um, a mistake. My, 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 my manager just informed me that... Um, she's not going to be able to travel because she's unvaccinated and she's not traveling with you. So you'd have to go down and get her. Miss mm. Sanya, this is money people are spending. You have to buy a repatriation flight ticket. Mm-hmm. You have to get people and someone to bring her from all the way from Montego Bay or wherever other children are coming from. They cannot, this is injustice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was so upset and disappointed, but after every bad, there is always good because mm-hmm. you and the premier. Oh my God, you don't you don't understand. I just want to thank the premier, sir. If you're listening, I just want to tell you thanks so much. Your office, you you have a heart of gold, mm-hmm. and you understand a parent's pain. Now I don't know if these people in Cayman Travel Time have children and how they would feel if their child. If their child is traveling and somebody did that, mm-hmm. I don't know because there's no way they could be parents and do this to another parent and to a child. My daughter could not sleep last night, Miss Sandy. Keep hugging me and telling me, Mommy, I love you. Mommy, you know when they tell me um, I can't come, Mommy, I cry, I cry, I cry, Mommy, because I wanted to see you and Daddy. Last night, she didn't go to her bed until after one. I have to say, no, Jenna, you have to go to your sleep now. Mommy's right here. You are here now. Mm. She just keep hugging me. She she was so excited mm-hmm. to be here because I haven't seen my daughter in two years since this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So all of that money that I spend up now, that's my question now. I want to know who is going to reimburse me for all of Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had paid for the unaccompanied minor um, with Cayman Airways, and she came up all by herself yesterday. She did not came up with with that service. So, what is going to happen to all those money that I have to spend up to for, for my daughter to reach in safety? And mm-hmm. then they go and message me to say that she's going to come. Um, yesterday which i have to charge another beacon to bring her back to the airport Mm-mm-mm. and of course you know this morning um we were hearing of some safety concerns with several young children a nine-year-old yes. missing in jamaica so i'm sure as a mother all of these things are weighing heavily oh, on your mind listen, and can i tell you oh, that God. is in the parish that i ended up have to send my daughter to because that's where her dad is from oh god and i had no choice but to charge her a vehicle to send her to st thomas mm-hmm. on friday and saturday evening mm-hmm. because i have no relatives in kingston wow and i had to make sure my daughter was safe so with all of that chaos going you can just imagine my heart was rocking my head was all over the place Mm, mm, mm. I have relatives in 
in Jamaica, in Montego Bay, who has been calling me, is Jenna okay? Is because they know what happened. Right. And it's so horrible that even after this fiasco, you still had people into the evening from travel time calling you as though they didn't know the child never got on the flight. I'm so upset and I, I get upset on the gentleman, but at the end of the day, I apologize because it is not really his fault. Yeah. Because he called me when the flight landed after I'm on my way back to the quarantine location to get all my stuff, all the food items that I bought, all the clothes that I bring up, my baby stuff, because I have a younger child who's quarantined with us as well. I have to go back all the way to Eastern to get those. So when I was on my way, he called me and he was like, Mom, Miss Morris, why are you not at the airport? We have your your trap, your van, and the cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I got so mad. I said, why are you calling me? Mm-mm-mm. Why didn't someone from your office tell you that they didn't put my daughter on the flight? Mm-mm-mm. So why are you calling me? So they're unorganized. They are not organized. Their communication, they need they need customer service and they need communication skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They need to be trained properly because this is unacceptable. And I know other parents are out there feeling the same thing that their children was left stranded from last week in Kingston. And it is not fair to people. Mm-hmm. It is not fair. And somebody needs to get on top of this and make it stop. It is not fair. Yeah. And, and unfor- I mean, it's, it's just such an unfortunate, um, turn of events, Katie, that you were even put in this situation, to be quite frank. But you mentioned that at one point you called after you got the notification from Cayman Airways that looked like they had rebooked your daughter. You called Travel Time and they still were telling you, Cayman Airways sends you um, a slip that says your daughter's coming. And then um, Travel Time tells you, no, she can't come. Exactly. And this was Saturday evening. ticket to say that she was coming on the flight um, yesterday. They said that I would have to go down and get her. They keep asking me if, if the child is Caymanian. I said, ma'am, no, I'm going to work for me. My child is not Caymanian. Oh, well, you'll have to go down and get her, or you'll have to put her on a I said, ma'am, the premier had sought out this. I even said that to them. And she was like, oh, well, I can't help you. So I said, get me somebody who can. She was like, I can't get you anybody who can right now. I, I, so she was giving me a number. So I said, ma'am, that's the number I've been calling. Because she was giving me the number for, for travel time management. I said, mm-hmm. that's the number I've been calling. And no one is answering it, saying that the office is closed. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, it's a 24-7, um, a 24-hour um, service. So the well is saying that your office is closed. Well, I can't help you. So I so said, well, get me somebody who can. And the, I don't know who she is because she didn't give me her name, but she hung up on me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She hung up on me. Even when I went out by the airport to speak wow. with somebody, mm. when I couldn't get through to their office, they were of no help. The, the young lady was so disrespectful, and she was like, a flight is gonna come in now, and I, I I don't have time to talk to this to this mother. So tell her to call the number. And the security was like, oh my god! Wow. So the security was trying to assist me. They have no manners there, and no compassionate in a situation that it was their fault. They were the one who made the mistake. Mm-hmm. It was came on airways. It was them. Mm-mm-mm. They are the ones responsible for this, and yet they didn't have no manners. 
And it was in the night after the premiere had to call. I don't know who the premiere had called back after he called me about 10 o'clock in the night. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to tell him that they have called me from morning. Miss Sandy, you got the message that yes. the premiere sent. Yeah. And that you forward to me. That they called me from morning to say, oh, the child has been rebooked and coming up. No one from other time called me until 11 o'clock Saturday night after I spoke with you. And the, the, the young man, Gary, called me. Mm. You know, nobody called me before that. So they're even lying on top of being responsible for this. Mm -hmm. I went through hell and back from Friday night mm -mm. just for my baby to be here. Mm -mm. And if it wasn't for you on the premiere, I don't know. She would have been still stuck in, in, in Kingston. I would have to got, get a vehicle to bring her back to Montego Bay to my mother. And she would not have been here mm -hmm. all because of their negligent. Wow. Because they're not doing their job. And this needs to stop. It needs to stop right here, right now. So I hope whoever is their manager or their boss is listening and is dealing with this because parents are going through hell. And when a parents don't see their child for a period of time, Sandy, and get the opportunity to bring them, it doesn't. It, it's not just bringing them here. It's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. It is so much more than that. Can you say thank you to Miss Sandy and thank the premier? And say thank Aww. you, Mr. Premier. Thank you, Mr. Premier. You're welcome, Gianna. Oh, oh my goodness. god, you don't know she couldn't sleep last night. She oh could. my god. She was when she when they brought her out, I was I was all the way up to the top sitting waiting. And I could only hear her voice rushing down from, from all the way down. She run leave all the people there. And she said, Mommy, mommy. And she just run and grab me. And oh my God, they were in tears at the airport yesterday. It was like, oh God, I can just imagine. And that mm. it was even one of the one of the persons there took the pictures mm. and, and they sent it to my phone. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't let go of her and she held her sister because she was meeting the baby for the first time. She was so excited. Oh my goodness. So trust me, I, I really owe you guys a lot, Mr. Premier. I I cannot thank you so much, you and Miss Sandy. I cannot thank you guys so much. You guys you don't know what, and I, I'm sure persons are going to start calling you, parents are going to start calling you, because everybody would like their children to be here after not seeing them for such a long time. So I really, really thank you guys so much. Trust me. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Katie. We appreciate you um, giving us just a rundown and what transpired. As they say, you know, it all worked out in the end, so... Um, yes. Yes. There is good coming out. This 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 is good news coming from a bad situation. Mm -hmm. So, yes. I well, just thank you, thank Katie. You guys. You're welcome. All right, my dear. Um, enjoy some quality time with your daughter, and uh, I, maybe. I am. I'm already. Asking. Yes. I'm getting up, making breakfast, and everything. And yes. Done in such a long time. And I see her with her little oh frozen. Daughter, um. So I see her with her little frozen suitcase. That's so cute. Oh, yes. <laughs> she loved that suitcase. <laughs> All right, my dear. Oh, my God. Thanks again. Okay. <laughs> All right, All right, right Katie. She want me by her the whole K, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my goodness. Sandy, thank you so much. All right, love. Phantom, I love you, sir. You have gone through so much to get my baby here. Thank you. I cannot salute you on your office anymore. I just I, I just want to thank you guys. Yeah, Sandy, th thank you so much because when I call you, you jump right on it. You didn't you didn't even think you, you your heart felt what I was feeling and mm -hmm. you just you worked on it and you got me my baby. So thank you guys. You're welcome, my dear. Thank you, Katie. Yes, ma'am. All right, honey. Have a good day. You too, ma'am. Okay, Gianna. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, um, folks, again, you've heard a little recap there from Katie. Um, and I don't think that this is a unique situation because look at what I observed yesterday in a women's group. Same thing. Uh, hi, ladies. Super upset and wondering if anyone can help. I've been desperate to get my sister and her two daughters, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, here for years now. I phoned Travel came out in September, who confirmed her children be, would be allowed to travel in as a close relationship tie, booked and fully paid for a 16-day quarantine facility, not cheap, and now um, it seems like they're not allowing her one-year-old to enter, although approved a three-year-old. It seems like the actual requirements of phase three were updated. So even though they noted we were um, in phase three, we did in fact go backwards. Does anyone have any ideas? Well, um, obviously phone travel came in, but also seeking if anyone has any ideas or experience with this. And then there was an update that says apparently a new rule has been enacted from September the 22nd. My sister booked everything September the 20th where no children are allowed in Cayman other than Caymanian children or resident children accompanied by parents traveling with them only. My parents live here. So unfortunately not even grandchildren of anyone that lives here are allowed in just FYI for everyone who, um, so they don't make this mistake. Although no mistake on our part when booking or applying, the government just changed the law two days later. So I don't quite understand this, though, because if a law or if procedures change, the persons who booked in advance of that, how can they, um, how is it possible that those persons would be caught by that law? Like, I'm a little bit confused about how it's being handled. So, Jared, you hung in there. What do you think about all this? You can uh I, I think it's a hot mess. Um, obviously, there wasn't a Cayman kind um, behavior and service that um, we as Caymanians are supposed to exhibit at all times, 24-7, 365 days, plus the leap year. I think everybody is stressed. Um, people don't understand the immigration law slash act. And, you know, it, it, it's very unfortunate because, you see, when, when we enact policies and laws, it's, it's the common folks or the average person that that has to abide by it mm -hmm. and so we, we have to look at the fact as well that really and truly unaccompanied children should not be by themselves at no point in time and it, it it's it's concerning to say the least yes. right um and you have to also look that you know travel came i'm not trying to say that you know travel came on is the best thing since sliced bread i'm just saying that they're dealing with 
are probably a lot of calls, right? They probably don't understand the law pertaining to the admission of what the, the changes are, because clearly these these mistakes and mishaps are evident of that. Um, I think that too as well, there, there needs to be a, a clarity of instructions on how people outside of the Cayman Islands who, who have ties to Cayman, whether that's work permit, PR, Cayman and slash status, Mm -hmm. um, what what are the steps? What are the steps? Because even even if you're fully vaccinated, but you can't be verified, you you have to quarantine for ten days. You see, so there's there's a lot of you, you have to quarantine for ten days. Sorry, but you don't know the jurisdiction that the person, you know, that the the vaccine is verified. How they going to verify? It? So the Ministry of Health needs to provide some information on that as well, because I know they're the ones that are. Um, putting in more so some of these mandates, but it, it just seems like a whole plethora of confusion, and nobody understands what's going on. Because if the premier had to be stepping in, it means that he, he he himself did not know, right, or or wasn't aware that you know it it wasn't being followed to the T. So I think. Um, you know, there needs to be some clarity with the immigration process. Travel Cayman is not the immigration department as well. So you see the thing? You have Travel Cayman that's acting as if their work and, you know, they're just really trying to control who comes in, see if they, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I, I, and no one's bringing that up, right? Because you have immigration department there and you have Travel Cayman and you have border control three different departments doing the same thing so <laughs> something going to get lost in translation you see what i'm saying and so whoever the chief officer the manager or the director of travel came on they need to zone into this mm. they need to look into it and i don't know what was the issue um with that child not coming to Cayman because they weren't added, added as a dependent on the work permit? Well, obviously that still hasn't happened. So to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that I understand what happened all now. Because I'm so I, know, confused. I know immigration can be strict with that. In, in terms yeah, of, I'm still I'm still very, very confused. So, yeah. um, but that's so I, I, I don't know. But I'm thankful for everything been been working out and we hope no more of that happens right yeah it's, it's not that so i think now trauma. everyone has been put on notice that if you have a child who's coming from jamaica um you better quadruple call travel time double check get, get to people who know because this is the problem you know people are calling they're speaking to people someone called her at three o'clock the day of arrival and said everything's fine so how do you do that i don't understand so they've just messaged her funny enough and said Thanks much for your call into CMR today. I guess they were listening. Yeah, they, <laughs> it, it, has, listening. it has provided more clarity for me and the team, and I will ensure that I communicate and work with the team on the lessons learned. Again, we apologize and pray that you enjoy your time with your beautiful daughter. Hopefully they will be um, offering some compensation for the money that she's out of yes. pocket. Because um, it might not seem a whole lot to some of us, but listen, people are struggling. Jared? Thank you so much. We do need to talk about Dr. Frank here, folks. And uh, I got to get ready to the court to look at this taxi cab alleged um, sexual molester. You guys, I'm, I'm going to blow your minds here in a second with what some of what the prosecution has put on. 
as the case here because this is just absolutely crazy. But um, Jared, thank you so much for always calling into the program. Your contributions are always appreciated. All right, folks. Um, so what we have happening right now in Georgetown, there's always something happening on this small little rock of ours. Uh, believe it or not, folks. Hold on one second now. Look, yeah. Look at this hot mess of a situation. This is what is happening in town right now. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Police um, going to pick up Laval and her signs. So police picking up Laval and her signs. I don't understand. Can somebody help me understand why Laval wears that outfit every single time she's protesting? It's the same outfit. Shorts, short, short, shorts, heels, and that crop top. And it's not like she doesn't have other clothes to wear because she actually changes her clothes. So those are the protest clothes. She changes into something much more appropriate to catch a ride to and from her protesting. So I don't know what's going on today, but apparently um, they seem to be picking her up. So um, I don't know. So yeah, okay. What a hot mess. Anyway, um, children do not need to be added to work permit unless they intend to live here is what someone is saying. So then why would they be told that they have to be added as a, as a dependent? Like the whole thing is, is very, uh, very, very confusing to be honest. I must say that I still don't understand fully what transpired. And I think some clarity um, from travel time would be appreciated for the sake of children. Um, someone else clarifies that children, um, Jamaican children under 16, do not need a visa to come here. The, the whole thing is just very, very confusing because that makes it even worse. How, how on earth uh, do they explain what happened then? I don't know. All I can tell you is please get it together. Um, this situation makes everybody look bad. Um, Giselle says she's trying to get attention. She needs clothes. She doesn't need clothes. She has a lot of clothes. Trust me. Uh, like I said, she wears a different outfit when she goes to protest and then she changes clothes. Where does she go and change clothes, by the way? Does she go into the government building? Do they allow her to change clothes or is she changing clothes in, in public? El Ray, we would welcome a response from Travel Time. I mean, obviously, I think they've taken some degree of responsibility in terms of what transpired. So listen, I don't want to say very little and I don't want you guys to comment on this, not at all because the jury will have this case shortly. But you know that there is a case regarding um, a taxi driver who's alleged to have sexually assaulted a woman. My draw dropped on last week, Friday, when I was in court listening to the summing up of the case and the prosecution gave some of the details. After the verdict has come in, we're going to put up the... I'm, I may not even put up the story because I don't want you guys commenting on it because we don't want him to jump up and claim that he has a right to appeal. So after the verdict has come in, I think at that point we should talk about, and maybe I'll wait and hold off on publishing the story on what the prosecution alleges to have taken place and what his defense is, because it is very, very interesting. Let's leave it at that. Yes, but stay tuned for that conversation because trust me, I'm actually gonna rush to court after the show um, and, and listen to the rest of the summing up of this the situation. Um, 
Irvlyn says she changed her clothes right on the roadside. What? So she wears it underneath, I hope. So she has this outfit underneath whatever else, whatever else she's wearing. What a hot mess. Anyway, let's talk about um, the Dr. Frank situation. So on Friday, um, I posted up that um, Dr. Frank, by way of an update, that Dr. Frank uh, was refusing to accept court documents um, from the process server. Now, the process server knows how to handle that situation, and he will get served. I mean, you can't avoid service, right? Um, so here's the thing. The reason why I put it up wasn't to try to draw any additional attention to this. The only reason I ever inform you guys of what's going on with court things as it relates to CMR is that you guys actually do want to know. And when we don't share it, and some other media shares it, then you're like, oh, look, Sandy's hiding this. Why hasn't she told us this? So out of full disclosure, that's why y'all know when I get sued and you know when I'm suing somebody. Now, I don't sue people very often, but this particular situation definitely required somebody getting sued. Now, I read some of your comments with interest and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to y'all. I'm going to give you a cold hard truth. Um, your comments don't have any bearing on me whatsoever in terms of um, how I'm proceeding or what will happen as a result of this case. So you're free to comment. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that's your right. Comment all you want. But I just want to make sure that you guys understand that your comments will have no impact on the outcome. So it's not going to change my mind because you have an opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. And you can post it on CMR. That's fine. Um, because most of you, 99% of you don't even know what's going on. You don't even have the full story, but yet you're putting a narrative out there and you're putting an opinion out there that doesn't make any sense. So some of you seem to think that Dr. Frank is being sued because he posted what got him eventually blocked on the page about, um, something about some COVID vaccine and blah, blah, blah. That's not my doctor. What does that have to do with me? How can that be defamation? It's like, y'all don't even understand the basics, but yet you want to have a big time opinion. Uh, about certain things. And no, that you wouldn't be able to sue anybody for that. That's his opinion on some third party. Per Listen, that's not what it is. Okay. So if you miss the real reason that I'm sorry for you, and you really shouldn't be commenting on it, if you don't even know what the lawsuit is about. Dr. Frank has made upwards of 30 comments about me personally, and my family, including my husband and my child that are beyond defamatory. He has accused me of running a criminal enterprise is what he called it. He has accused me of trying to take down an airline full of people. He has accused me of being wanted by the federal government. I even had a lawyer reach out to me and said, Sandy, these allegations are very serious. This is the kind of stuff that will get the federal government looking at you because they're like, who is this woman? That is a small snippet of the almost 30 unfounded, untrue, and baseless allegations that this man has made. And I'm not going to even bother to repeat them all. That is why he's being sued. His comments were malicious. They were completely false. And yes, they are actually harmful to a person's reputation because some of y'all fools are reading it and commenting, which only gave, gave me more reason to sue, that you actually believe this foolishness. So for example, Sora McLaughlin or whatever her name is, I think she goes by Soza or something on Facebook. 
oh my gosh, she's really doing this. Oh my gosh, she's getting her money from criminal. It's like, really? Y'all ain't got no damn sense. And I want to be very, very clear. At some point, I have to question your intellectual capacity when you're sitting there listening to a man who used to walk around with bird shit on his shoulder. Now, I've never brought this up, and everybody knows the story about Dr. Frank and his mental health issues. But what a man who is twice my age has the audacity to continually come after me. Y'all must be real fools if you think I'm going to sit down and allow it to happen. And we're going to be having a kumbaya moment. I was thinking about this over the weekend. And I said, you know, bless his little heart. When Marco Archer sued me, it was literally over the interpretation of two words in a very long article. And y'all were like, yes, sue Sandy. Yes, she deserves to be put in her place over two words. Like, seriously. And this man has written an entire book of false and malicious allegations. And now that I'm suing his behind, it's like, oh, why don't you leave him alone? What are you suing for? You people are ridiculous. Your double standard is so obvious. What's the reason for the double standard? Well, y'all would have to tell me. Do we still live in such a misogynistic society here in the Cayman Islands that men get to do whatever and they can maintain their relationship, their reputation? But the second a woman says, you know what? I'm not going to allow a man or anybody else in this country to speak lies on me and try to ruin my reputation because they're batshit crazy or whatever their issues are. And I stand up for myself in the court of law Oh, I'm picking on him. Oh, I shouldn't do this. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Y'all have got to be crazy. That's the only conclusion I can come to. Honestly. Frank has been trolling me from the election. He didn't get blocked on CMR for a single comment. He got blocked from CMR for trolling since May. And I had just had enough of his ridiculous behavior. So I put my foot down and say, okay, these are the standards. No more of this foolishness from Dr. Frank. And Dr. Frank is the one that y'all feel sorry for? Hmm. Really? Seriously? I don't even want to speak on it because the courts will handle Dr. Frank. And trust me, he's not responding to the lawsuit. First of all, he's so confused, but he thinks he's an expert. Another one of those that's overeducated but ain't got no damn lick of common sense. How do you think I'm going to go and file a lawsuit against someone? Not have followed the correct procedure, but yet the court would accept the documents. You know Dr. Frank is stupid when he makes a statement like that. He's emailing the court administrator with one long diatribe. I did not even read it. I'm like, this man not playing with a full deck of anything? About how, um, oh, I think I'm being set up. The woman was like, sir, get a lawyer. I just need to know if you have any conflicts with any dates so we can set a date for the hearing. Oh, he doesn't need legal advice. If the woman told you to get a lawyer, clearly she thinks that you need legal advice. He wasn't asking for legal advice. Honey, child, you were asking her if this was a setup. The woman is sitting there thinking, I just gave you the cause number. This wouldn't have a cause number if it had not been properly filed in court. You were served by process server, who is a professional process server and who has done a proper, proper affidavit of service, which the court now has in their possession. 
Stop playing the fool to avoid this lawsuit. You have not responded to the lawsuits. So that means that now I'm applying for a default judgment, which is a matter of the judge just signing off on it. There's no arguments to be made, really, when it comes to this default judgment being set aside. You don't have any. The fact that you have refused, it's not even about the money, Darlene. Trust me when I tell you that, because we know he not got none, but that's not what this is about. The fact that you have refused service means that you know that this is not a setup, that this is not something where we have not done it right. Why would you be refusing service then if you thought that this was a fake lawsuit? Accept service. Obviously, nothing's going to come of it if it's a fake situation, is it? Hmm, how peculiar. I don't want to say anything more about Dr. Frank. The courts will deal with it. When the outcome is issued in a judgment, I will let you guys know what the judgment says. But what I wanted to say is when the articles go up, I don't need your commentary, right? Your commentary will have no impact on me. Oh, these are two black people fighting, really? How many of you, when you saw his original comments, all 30 something of them went to Dr. Frank and said, Frank, you need to stop. You are being childish. You're acting like a five-year-old and this is ridiculous. How many of you said, why are you as a black man who has spoken in all things racial and black your entire life, now attacking your cousin and a young woman in this community? How many all said that to him? How many of you tried to take a corrective hand as it relates to Dr. Frank and his ridiculous behavior? Nobody. One, two people jumped on the, on the bandwagon who have an ax to grind, including the woman beater, Joelle Brown. I'm like, oh, what he thinks, like, really? You beat women for fun. Okay. That's the only time you can jump on something's when Dr. Frank put it up. Oh, that says a lot about you, son. Mm -hmm. You throw women around and pull them by their hair. And we, all, we have it on video and we've all seen it. You know, these are the trolls that come out of the woodworks. Another mother who I have a video of her son giving people crack and came and brack. That's the, those are the caliber of people that want to come out and step up to me. And you know what I said to her, honey chalice, are you looking for a lawsuit too? Um, to Darlene's point, this isn't about money. I will expend money and I will spend money knowing full well that I'll never get a dime from Dr. Frank because he ain't got none. But that's not what this is about. This now is a matter of principle to let you fools know. And when I say fools, I'm talking Dr. Frank and people like him, Joelle and others, that you can't just jump up on any platform and say whatever you want. You can, but it comes with certain obligations. And if the person decides to sue you, then it is what it is. I've been on the receiving end and that's how it works. So I need to set a precedent with the people that came to Ireland to say, you know what? I don't care who you are and I don't care who you fall. And I don't care if you're black, white, Chinese or in between. You are not allowed to say the most disgusting and vile things about me that are untrue and think you can just walk away with it and continue to live your life and continue to say it and continue to have it up on social media. So Dr. Frank wants to attack everybody, attacking um, Chris Saunders, attacking poor Kenneth because Kenneth wouldn't give his stepson a government scholarship that he doesn't qualify for because he's not Cayman Indian. Y'all can't even handle the truth. 
Dr. Frank has lost his mind because he is in a slump in his life because nobody's walking up to him, giving him anything. Well, guess what, Dr. Frank, from one black person to the next, let me, let me shed some light on something for you. No one has ever given me anything in life. You, you worried about a five-year-old car that I'm driving? You worried about my house that's over five years old? You know how you get it? I have worked as a business owner for near 20 years. Ups and downs and hustling all over the place, you wouldn't know. Right? You're not the only person who's had a rough life, son. Get it together. You're 70-something years old. This is the kind of foolishness that in your 70s, you really shouldn't be engaging in. But you want to talk about being black and black people? Well, if your mama never told you nothing as a Mac field, you should know the same Mac field blood that runs through you runs through me. And that means that I'm not going to take shit from nobody, including another Mac field. So get it together. I'm a business with you. But I will have the law deal with you accordingly. And that's all I'm going to say, folks. If you don't like it, oh, well. What I've said today is the truth. And it is what it is, right? You're entitled to your opinion, but your opinion doesn't impact me one way or the other. Because most of you have an opinion and you have no clue what you're even talking about. So your opinion is based on nothing. Um, Remy says, it took me 22 years to build my house. Remy, people don't know your story. They will just look at you in the moment. Oh my God, Sandra got a big time house and she must be getting PPM check or progressives or whoever, whoever the hell you're saying, whoever the hell it's supposed to be. I'm like, really? I had these things before the patent government was even around. What are you talking about? When my own MP calls me after the storm, Sandy, do you need anything? Nope. No, thanks. I'm good. I bring in your annual fruitcake. Mm, Chris, I don't even like fruitcake. Save it for somebody who's in need. Go and talk to people who actually need something. When people say, would you like to sit on a board? No, thank you. I'm good. I don't need a board appointment. What for? Those are the facts. It's a convenient narrative to try to paint people a certain way because I stand here passionate about the issues that matter to this country. I'm passionate about vaccinations because they save lives. So the only way that some of you can understand that in your head is like, well, somebody must be paying Sandy. No, passion has no, no paycheck. I've said this from day one about CMR. CMR has been a passion for me, not a paycheck. That has been my motto. Go all the way back to when I first started doing this program, beyond this program. Back in 2019, when I was doing the evening show, it's a passion, not a paycheck. And for those of you who are all about the paycheck, Dr. Frank, Mario, Katina, no one is, no one is taking that away from you. Go earn your coins, but do it the right way. And don't be mixing people up like myself into your shenanigans. Because you know nothing about my business. You don't know how I earn and make money. Okay? So stop the, the foolishness. Um, Marshall says he needs professional help. Well, he, listen, get the professional help. That's not going to stop the lawsuit at the end of the day, right? I just wanted you all to understand, number one, why the lawsuit was filed, because most of you don't even seem to understand that. Number two, I am a bit perplexed at how you have this double standard that's going on in the community. 
where it's acceptable for everybody to want to sue me. But the day I jump up and say, okay, I'm going to put a stop to some foolishness around here and sue someone who deserves to be sued. Trust me, if I had ever written an article saying 30 plus malicious, false comments about someone like this, I, I would be buried under a million dollar lawsuit. Y'all don't even understand the gravity of what he has done from a legal perspective. And then you expect me to turn the other cheek? No, 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 no. Mama never raised no fools around here. At some point in life, you have to be able to stand up for yourself. And you have to be able to say, you know what? This is a wrong against me. And yes, I am a black woman in this community, but that doesn't mean that you as a black man to get, get to run over me. You know, this isn't slave days where that was permissible. That's why we have so much foolishness going on in this country against women of all creed, of all color, because men still think that they run the show around here and they can do whatever they want. Not without consequences. Women continue in the Caribbean to be, and especially in Cayman, to be at a significant disadvantage. A woman business owner is never respected in the same way that a man business owner is. That's why I take, I take my hats off to people like the Irma Arches of the world, the people like the Sharon Smiths of the world. There are women out there who run businesses successfully and have been doing so for a very long time and they don't get the accolades that their male counterparts get. And it's unfortunate. Thank you, Irvelyn. It is unfortunate. It is unfortunate that a black man can feel like he can say these things, not just about me, but my husband who he doesn't even know and my family and my child and somehow this is acceptable. It's disgusting. It really, really is disgusting. He could even step foot in one shoe from my husband. He don't know the man. Seriously, my husband's a Jamaican, but Dr. Frank, let me assure you, you can't step up to him in no way, shape or form, not even intellectually, even with your PhD, you can't. So for you to even put words on him, um, that part, I must tell you, really, really upset me. Now, the interesting thing is, one of the people who commented on Friday, <laughs> funny enough, when I showed them some of what Dr. Frank was saying, they're like, wow, I would be suing him too. And I said, yeah, but I bet you now you're not going to go back and adjust your comment now that you know what's actually transpiring here. Because they were like, you know, at my age, I can't afford to go to jail, so I would have to sue him. Mm -hmm. Right. So you'd be doing the exact same thing, but I bet you're not going to go back and correct the comment or remove your comment even that you put on social media for people to see. And see, I understand the game and I get the game. That's what I tell you all. You can comment all you want. I know what the truth is. I know what's happening here. So the comment has, it's like walking around with a shield around you. I'm good. It's not going to have any bearing on me. I'm still going to explain it to you because y'all need to understand how incredibly wrong you are in so many different levels. But you're not going to get in my head. I'm not a Dr. Frank. I don't need your approval. I don't need to post anything on social media to get you to come pat me on the back. I'm good. You see, when you're secure within yourself, you don't need the foolishness that some people, the attention that some people are seeking. I don't need a job from the PAC government because I already have a job. I already got a business. 
try it on for size. Tracy says the glass ceiling will always exist, unfortunately. Yes. And some of us, the glass ceiling is a double glass ceiling. You know, as a matter of fact, I will never forget. After moving back from the States, back in the late 1990s, when I applied for my notary application, and they turned it down, they told me I wasn't a Caymanian. I was like, say what now? Just because I don't sound like one? Dr. Frank was in the LA at the time. And I spoke to him about it. You know what he said to me? Oh, Sandra, you know, you you up against a double whammy because you're a woman, you're black, and you're intelligent. That's what he said to me way back in the late 1990s. And that's why they didn't approve your application. Now, fast forward to 2021. Isn't that ironic? Those glass ceilings still exist. And even people like you are trying to perpetrate them against people like me. I'm black, I'm a woman, and I'm intelligent. Three things that should elevate, not hold you down in life. He admitted back in the uh, late 1990s that those were the things that were holding me back. So guess what? Those remain the things that are holding us back now, even in relation to someone like him. Isn't that, the irony in that is certainly not lost on me. Folks, y'all have a good day. We'll be back here tomorrow morning to talk about all things happening in the Cayman Islands. I'm going to leave you some video footage from the JetBlue flight, which came in on Saturday. It's a lot of fanfare. A lot of people are happy to see this plane coming in. First commercial flight to come in since March of 2020, since the borders shut down. And folks, what a beauty it was.